Welcome to the Mortal Realms, an Age of Sigmar multicast. Grab your hammer so we can clear a path through the chaos and forge our own narratives in the Age of Sigmar. Your allies through the Realm Gate this episode are... Hi, I'm Aaron, and if I had a hammer, I'd hammer all in the morning. Hi, I'm Paul. I thought I'd go camping in the Hexoid with my family, but I was maligned for ports and events. This is Eric, and I'm here to hammer all... <laughs> hammer holla at you. <laughs> yeah, I don't got that. In this episode, we visit the Gairan half of the twin-tailed city of Ammerhall, where the faithful of Sigmar seek to turn the changing path of Zinch into the road out of town for his followers. Come watch us on YouTube, like and subscribe to this channel, listen on your favorite podcast app, and please leave us a review to help us share more stories with the AOS community. What are you doing tonight? I'm doing amazing. Doing well. Happy New Year. Hey, likewise. Happy New Year. Yeah, I agree. You guys, uh, can you guys feel 2018 permeating into kind of kind of your being, your hobby being? I do feel no. a little older, if that's what you mean. No, not not yet. Because no. I haven't I'm, finished celebrating Christmas yet. I got another Christmas this weekend. So got, once that's over, whoa, you got another Christmas. All right, yeah, well, we'll, I, yeah. We'll, one side of the family, then the other side of the family, and the big thing is this side of the family is where I get my miniatures from. Oh. <laughs> So you still got so, coming. So real Christmas is still coming. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah, let's be honest. All right, all right. No, I'm I'm more talking about like hobby Viagra. Oh okay. What well, is this rated? Um, uh, let's get the uh let's let's maybe see what's going on with malign portents. Yeah, and uh, there's some pretty, what's going on. Pretty cool stuff happening there. Yeah. Looks like like some interesting things coming on. The Nurgle release. Um yep. Just announced doing a, a, a two events this year. Um, one is uh, for in co collaboration with Games Workshop to fit into the Malign Portents timeline and kind of uh, be in that theme. And that one's happening on March 17th, 2018. And then we have another coalescence event which is going to be uh, June 23rd. Uh, and that one is going to be kind of a follow-up to last year's uh, event and called the Desolation of Aristat. Maybe a little callback to some other, you know, subtitled. Never, never heard of it. Never heard of it. No, no, no. Didn't run an event about it last year at all. Nothing. <laughs> Actually, but, no, uh, I, do, I do love continuity, so I take it back. I have <laughs> Um, so yeah, so a lot of cool things happening, a lot of great models hitting the, hitting the fan. Um, <laughs> that's the last place a model should hit. Well, yeah. did they perform poorly in game? I, I don't understand what's no, going it's, on. It's, it's Nurgle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see. so yeah, so lots of things happening, um, this year. I, I don't know. I've just, I'm pretty excited for 2018. I'm excited for, um, I just put out actually a 2017 retrospective on on Twitter. It was a it was like a seven part documentary. Oh sure. Um, on <laughs> on the the models and things I did in the hobby this past year, and it was cool. Kind of just looking back, um, uh, I I painted about 107 models. Wee. It's not. It's not. I think there's people who are kicking a lot more models out the door than I am. But 
Well, not as much love and care as maybe you did. I, I mean, I think I can well, claim most love, most care of my models sure. than anyone. <laughs> anyone else? Are you, I can't are you, claim uh, most number, but since most love, most care is subjective, I can claim that one and nobody can. Well, it's a game. Of, it's a game of soft scores, right? So, yep. well, I can disagree, but nobody can prove it, right? I mean, are you, uh, exactly. are you happy with happy with your productivity, your turnout? You know, I was uh, Your hobby. I don't know that I was as focused. So, in, a year before last, uh, so twenty sixteen, I was really focused on like what I could churn out. I had like a whole list of things I was gonna uh, sure. accomplish. I didn't, I didn't accomplish all those, but I accomplished a bunch of other ones. This year was much more relaxed. I really enjoyed it. Um, I got to, I mean, we got to dabble in a few things, um, and so it was, it was nice. But uh, I mean, coalescence and going to Holy Havoc and just having. I don't know. More community involvement this year felt felt really good. Right on. Twenty seventeen uh, felt good. Twenty eighteen is going to feel better. What are you guys thinking? Well, yeah. Um, I don't know. Twenty eighteen is moving. a little unpredictable. That's true. At this point, who knows where we're going? Uh, I'm moving to a new new into a new space. Hopefully, that'll in, inspire me to take a crack at the hobby more diligently. Outside the reading of all the things. Also, yeah, yeah. true. I'm a slow reader. We got this. We got this narrative event coming up at Acon too, so uh, we'll see how that's going to work we, out. We're going to have to do it. Yeah, we're going to have to do a show on that. Uh, uh, we're, we'll we'll have to. We need to spend time just unpacking that. How's that going? Are you uh, you guys moving along? Uh, getting a good idea of what's going on. Uh, just need to solidify it before I start telling other people what's happening. Don't want to change anything Absolutely. halfway stream. So. Everybody likes change, as we're going to see in this book. <laughs> well, or some people don't. <laughs> Those people are jerks, right? I mean, that's the theme of this book, right? <laughs> You're here first. Main characters of the story, Paul thinks they're jerks. <laughs> All right. So why don't we jump into the most important part of this episode, and that's the story phase. In the story phase, we delve into the stories, characters, creatures, and environments of the Nine Realms. Dark forces stir within the bowers of the mysterious Hexwood. A great war host of Zangor, Beeskin, creatures devoted to Zinch, the architect of fate, defile the once verdant lands of Giran. All that opposes them are the noble stormcast eternals of the hallowed knights. Reforged in resplendent Sigmarite and wielding the lightning of Azir, few can stand against these heroes. But Zinch's followers are cunning, and as the hallowed knights wage bloody war, a second attack on the city of Hammerhall, which the Stormcasts are oath-sworn to defend, is coming to pass. Both the warriors without and the hunters within the city must act fast, or the truth about the Hexwood will undo everything they have fought so hard to protect. So dramatic. If that right there doesn't make you want to read this story, I don't know what's wrong with you. <laughs> um, guys, let's, let's talk about Hammerhall for a little bit. Um, as we as we tried last uh, episode, we're going to try and keep the first half of our discussion a little spoiler free for all those folks who haven't read it, who want to read it, but want to get an impression of what the story is about. If that didn't do it for you, um, and you should then, totally read it. Yeah, you should totally read it. And then uh, Sylvanesque get happy at the end. <laughs> literally <laughs> spoilers. We just literally said spoilers. Yes, right? there's a whole quote. Sorry. I did air quotes. Yeah. And then after that, we are going to talk about spoilers. But now it's, the it's a joke because Sylvaneth are never happy. That's <laughs> true. That's a good point. <laughs> Actually, more true than you realize. Um, but let's let's talk about some spoiler-free stuff. Let's talk about the facts, the things that people need to know about this book here. Uh, right. I like to start with the when and the where. Uh, when 
we're basically in the present as, as far as we know. Um, I think at one point I read that Josh Reynolds either wrote or he was in an interview or something, but one of, this story is basically as far up in the storyline as, as we've gotten. So we're, we're set in the present. Every major event has basically happened in the past so far. Uh, the Realm Gate Wars have occurred, especially mm-hmm. on the Gyran front, which will come up later or are over. Yeah. And uh, Sigmar has basically founded his, his first cities. Uh, one of which gets us to the where is uh, is the city of Hammerhall. Mm-hmm. Uh, ow, ow! It does say it's 100 years since the Stormcast descended. Ooh, That's a gotcha. little bit farther than the, the last current thing that we had. So Okay, sure, sure. So we're really pushing that, that timeline yeah. forward. Uh, basically, it's in the title. You need to know where we're at. It's uh, Hammerhall. So uh, mm-hmm. for fo- folks who don't know, it's it's known as a twin-tailed city because uh, it's yeah. actually, I don't know, do we call it two cities in one? Mm-hmm. In yeah, that- I, mean, I think of like, I mean, we've got some examples like the Twin Cities or, um, you know, just where two cities are so close to each other they're basically one um, you mean minneapolis yeah. and st paul first in minneapolis and st paul people like the quad cities down in illinois in yeah illinois. those ones quad <laughs> peoria <laughs> yeah uh, <laughs> cultural mecca that peoria um so there is i always thought they just had big legs <laughs> oh <laughs> sorry domus i mean i i just i tried to give you a shout out but whatever sorry tom uh but uh, one of the interesting things about being in the present is that the Stormcast have been here for 100 years, so they're not this like overwhelming force at this point. They're kind of in the cities, so they're, they've been around. Everybody knows who they are. So this isn't a, oh my goodness, look at these new people that showed up story. This is a, they've been here. We have some relationships going on, and we're going to explore those relationships a little bit more. Yeah. So if you started out reading some of the earlier stories, it's not quite the same dynamic. No, agreed. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, it, it's no longer sort of a shock and awe, even though I imagine there's still a level of awe when dealing with them. But mm-hmm. uh, the pe- definitely people are getting getting used to the sight of them. Uh, so uh, in Hammerhall, the t- Twin Cities, because they span two different realms uh, through a realm gate, we're talking um, Akshi and, and Gairan, and this story is set in the, the Gairan side of things. Um, I, also, I like how the they have shorthand names, uh, Hammerhall Gaira and Hammerhall yeah. Aksha. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Just kind of, it feels like, okay, the people live there and, and that's what they, that's how they shorthand it. Right. Sure. Um, so those are kind of cool touches that, that are put in. So it's literally the same amount of syllables though, right? Two less or same. So <laughs> <laughs> but still that's, it's like if you pronounce Oregon or Oregon, right. It, it shows that you're, you're from there. You're in yep. the know. Yep. Yep. Uh, and uh, so I'm, I'm in the know. I'm I'm from there. I I know you know. Uh, (laughs) And so it's one, besides the fact that it's a a dual city, one interesting side of, or tidbit about the Gairan side of things is uh, since it's set in the Roman life, which we know Mm -hmm. is is very verdant, very, very, what's another word for life full? Bounteous. Bounteous. Yeah, fertile. These are all great words. Um, So much so. Vocabulary with the motor (laughs) loam. I love it. (laughs) I'm pulling my thesaurus. It, it, because of that, I mean, the city would otherwise be sort of not under attack, but constantly being sort of besieged by the wildlife that exists in this realm. And so what they got to do is they pipe in a bunch of lava from Hammer Hall Aksha to sort of mm-hmm. create a, a defense barrier around the city. So because of the, the constant the constant life right up at their doorstep, uh, this, the city has a pretty robust defense system, which uh, will probably come into play a little bit later when we're talking about the plot of this this book. Mm-hmm. Um, one that is a really interesting sorry go ahead I was just going to say one of the cool there is a, a an image that's 
uh, cast later in the book of of Hammerhall um, Gyra looking like concentric circles of a tree. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so kind of, uh, and one of the things they talk about is kind of that, I mean, the city, you, you get, you know, when they first started, it was yay big. The, the lava pop, piped out to there. And mm-hmm. kept the the living back or the yeah the living away, <laughs> <laughs> and then they grew a little further, piped the lava out a little further, and so mm-hmm. just this idea of it growing similar to a tree is mm-hmm. uh, just a really cool, I don't know, tie into where it's set. You know, sure, it's almost yeah. like even even the the man made stuff can't help but abide by the the rules of uh, of Garan. So. Yeah, it, and one of the other interesting things that we immediately was brought to mind by this whole idea of the lava piping through is that this realm gate is stabilized, right? It's not like a normal realm gate. Like, you can just kind of walk from one side to the other, uh, which is a, a different take on the realm gate than you might have had uh, in a previous story or even from the rules of Age of Sigmar. It's, uh, it's very much just kind of a normal, everyday thing for both sides to be able to go back and forth, so... I mean, I just walk through portals to get to my job every day, too. Like, that's no big deal. <laughs> hey, we can't all live your life, Aaron. <laughs> that's true. Though you wish you could. Uh, anything else we want to talk about the city? Because we're going we're gonna to branch out. We're going to head out into the, in the wilds Ooh. a little bit. Ooh, where are we going? Well, one of the interesting things, I think, is that it's also not the first time that Hammer Hall has been present. Because we have that Shadows over Hammer Hall. So it, it's named as the second largest city uh, outside of Azir besides... Oh, no, it is the largest city outside of Azir. Sorry. Yeah, I think so. Azerheim is the largest, and Hammerhall is the second largest, um, which is kind of cool. So, Sure. I can't show it, but if you ever get a chance to take a look at the map of the city, it's it's you know bigger than any world, mm-hmm. you know, real real life city that you'd, you'd come across for sure. Uh, yeah. If did you guys read anything from the uh, Warhammer Quest uh, Shadows over Hammerhall? Do we get any tidbits about Hammerhall that we don't get from this book? Um, I think what really stood out from that book, besides just what was going on in it, was um, just the extent of like the uh, and and you kind of get it in this book too of the the lava lava tunnels and the lava moats and so on and so forth and just the work that goes into creating those and yeah. what an endeavor it takes from the um, Ironwald Arsenal and the what's the other one so uh, the human wizards the Collegiate Arcane the I think Collegiate that's Arcane. Yep. yeah. Anyways, the point being, it, it's more intricate than just you know a concentric set of uh, moats, even though that's that's already pretty um, impressive to create. But there's mm-hmm. underground tunnels, and whether they need to be filled in or what they're used for after they're not being used anymore, um, it, it sort of plays a part in in the description in the story that goes Paul, into that. Did you uh, read um, Josh Reynolds' uh, Ask FM on the Realm Gate thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He said specifically that the, the Realm Gate itself is either stabilized by a Lord Celestine or by the Collegiate Arcane. So there's definitely a strong presence of some um, either magic or uh, Sigmar's power going on here. Yeah. Um, so. But that's also a, a fun thing about this specific story is that if you really want to, you can find the map in Shadows Over Hammerhall to talk about what exactly we're talking about here. So that's kind of a cool extra element that we don't have in any of the stories that we've read so far. I wonder yeah. if a Lord Ordinator could stabilize a realm gate. Right? Oh, yeah. I mean, like, yeah, I, I definitely think so. Or, I mean, probably was involved in, like, the building of, like, the different tunnels and... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and we, stuff too. yeah. I mean, we get that from the... 
the new new release or uh, you know some of the, the new stuff from Line Importance um, Harbingers that they've got the the new Stormcast guy, the Lord Ordinator, is kind of like an engineer architect, um, you know, able to build things and ward things, and that plays into this city as well or into this book as well. In that Hammerhall is so warded, mm-hmm. uh, and and so nothing's it's it's very protected from chaos and other things. Yeah, yeah. It's, so it's got these lava channels that stop the life from coming in, but it's also got these wards that stop other things from coming in, right? Like this is not a chaos tainted city uh, in general, right? Totally um, pure. Yeah, I mean, there's no <laughs> no problem going on. Yeah, white as the driven snow. Yeah, <laughs> true. Any other Hammerhall thoughts? Because I, I want to get outside the city. I mean, just Done. just take place in the city. This Done. is gonna twofold. Let's let's. Let's talk about this. Uh, what, what, forever, whatever there is to talk about. Let's talk about this hexwood because that's another setting oh. uh, in in this book. Uh, apparently, it's a I don't know a hexwood, a, a wood somewhere outside the city limits of Hammerhall, Gyran. Oh. Um, as as we sort of found throughout the the stories in the mortal realms. Um, there's uh, regardless of the the realm that you're on, there's going to be a, a varied a variety of landscapes out there. And so this this is another I don't know specific area. Mm-hmm. In uh, Gairin. It's in the yep. Nevergreen Mountains, which uh, has a really interesting description. So it's kind of visible from the city of Hammerhall. So that's kind of a cool, you know, at least the, the general location is visible. So sure. spooky. Mm-hmm. Uh, not much else to say about that as far as we know until we get into the, the story. But yep. uh, I, I mentioned Gairin, and the w- one other thought I wanted to, to bring up on that was that uh, from our experience in Gairin, for the most part, the, the main antagonists that we find there is is often Nurgle or you know Nurgle's followers um for a lot of the realm gate wars it was all Nurgle all the time when we were talking about Garan. um but as we found sort of towards the end of those um those realm gate wars not to say that one side won or lost but i don't know that Nurgle had, was quite is quite as influential there as as he used to be kind of on the kind of on the back foot these days yeah i think there's a feeling that he didn't lose over lose overall but from where he was in control of Garand to where he's at now. There's definitely a a big uh, defeat, and sure. he's kind of licking his wounds. That 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 having and owning the total of Garand is out of his reach at the moment. Yeah, he's not in the expansion phase. He's in the phase of decline. I think is, sure. is, is being very clear about that. Yeah, and when uh, whenever somebody's waning, I find uh, whenever there's a vacuum, I, I find that there there tends to be those who try to fill it. And so I don't. Who can well, how do you how do you fill vacuums? Um, well, I mean, normally I just like I have a really hairy carpet in my living room, and so I just yeah. back it, vacuum a few times, and it it fills up. It's weird you'd ask, but yeah. Well, I mean, I was talking about Zinge, but oh, <laughs> weird. <laughs> like, like maybe if we used the word vortex, maybe that would have been a little clearer, Eric. Oh, I don't know. How then do you I would have understood. Yeah. How do you fill your vortex? I get it. <laughs> sure. Um, that's so that's, wrong, that feels like the wrong question there. Yeah, okay, we're, 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 we're tone aligned, that's for sure. Uh, <laughs> so that's basically the where. Is there anybody, any other places you guys want to talk about? Like, we're, I mean, we're going to see a few other places uh, as this story progresses. Yeah, there's but, some cool, cool places inside of Hammerhall and and mm-hmm. such that are that are interesting. But yeah, we, we'll wait on those. But um, right on. So we've been cool. we've been talking about the when we've been talking about the where. Let's talk about the who. Who are we dealing Woo-hoo! with? Yeah, so we've got, as you might expect, some main characters. We got some people that we're we're following, and uh, I think 
maybe in all of Josh Reynolds' books, but at least the most recent ones that we've been reading, we, we often get a, a variety or more than one point of view at the very least from a different perspective. And so uh, some or all of the folks were following. Let's let's start with uh, Mr. Soul Gage. Am I saying that right? Soul? Saul? How would you say that? I would say Soul. Soul? Yep. Soul Gage? Yeah. Um, he is a, a witch hunter of the Order of Azir. We know those guys. We've seen those before. Mm -hmm. um, Do you get it? Like he's he's soul gauge because he gauges other people's souls about how pure they are. Mm -hmm. Get it? Oh, I didn't even think about that. That's messed what? up. I was That's thinking. I thought I was thinking it spelled S O L, so I thought maybe it was like a light, <laughs> a light meter. <laughs> I was gonna go which, with the S O L thing, which is also good because uh, the radiance of Sigmar. Hmm. Only true. It brings it in the dark places. Gosh, it's just all over the place. Um, but there, there is a tie-in with another name. But yeah, so Witch Hunter, um, really cool dynamic. Uh, he's kind of the leader of of the the heroes or a group of the heroes that were were experiencing their, through. Um, and yeah, I mean, I. How did you guys think he stacked up next to um, kind of the main character of City of Secrets, Shad City of Secrets, or no Shadows of Our Um Spear of Shadows, um, that oh, main character. Gotcha. Well, I mean, comparable. Well, no, I think I, I was drawn to comparing him to the main character of City Circus, mainly because it was both yep. witch hunters. Yep, yep. Um, in that, if you, if you wanted to compare against the Spear of Shadows guy, then I would say that he seems a little bit more obviously mm, capable, I guess. And, he, and he's kind of meant to be, or a little bit more experienced. Not that the, what was he, yep. uh... Shooter guy, what's what do we call what do you call that? <laughs> um, but they kind of filled two different roles where one was sort of uh, from Spear Shadows, or inadvertently yep. um, thrust into some sort of leadership role. Whereas I think Soul was uh, well the leader from the beginning. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, now, if you were to compare him from to the guy, he's either Callus or Toll. I can't remember which one's which. Toll, I think, is the mm -hmm. witch hunter in City of Secrets. Keep uh, it syllable. Yeah. Right. Uh, I, I mean, it's hard not. It's hard to differentiate them a little bit, which I guess comes with the territory of having very similar yeah. roles or models, whatever you want to call it. Um, but I mean, because of that, I guess it's sort of a shorthand. Like, if you know what mm. uh, you know what they are, if you're a witch hunter or a ironbreaker or whatever you are, um, like it, it gives you an idea right off the bat of the sort of character that 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 person's going to be. So, like, even though we've never come across Soul Gauge, actually, this is a good tie-in. Uh, even though we've never come across him before, we can assume that he's going to be sharp. He's going to be effective. Uh, we know he's not a huge fan of chaos. Um, right. So it's great because we, we get a leg up right off the bat knowing um, about him just because we know he's a witch hunter. Yeah. Well, see, I would compare Toll a little bit to MacGyver. He seemed a little bit more like in the shadows, had some cool like little new things that we haven't seen before. And Soul, to me, feels a little bit more like Hannibal, right? Like he's got a plan. He's going to assemble his guys, and he's going to see it through. Like Hannibal right? Lecter? No, Hannibal from the A team. Come on. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, no, I, gotcha. I got I got thrown off by the idea that MacGyver was a ninja who stuck to the shadows. <laughs> well, I mean, like, you know, <laughs> kind of makes do with what he has. And sure, sure. I don't know. Do you think MacGyver was kind of a ninja? I mean, he's like an American ninja. Well, he's just there's like an American ninja warrior. It was just right? very, it was just a very sunshiny show or like uh well lit. Did know. you see the episode where they got eaten by ants? Huh? That was not a sunshiny show. <laughs> I don't believe it. Anyway, so who else we got? 
Yeah, well, there's another um, sort of from a different perspective or a different uh, setting throughout the book is we're, we're going to be following Serena Sunstrike, and she is a liberator of the Steel Souls Warrior Chamber. I feel like uh, we've, heard we've heard of them before, right? What? No. Yeah, maybe. I think so. A uh, little guardist, a little grim. Sure, I wouldn't wouldn't come little, but yeah, uh, that's that. <laughs> I mean, little goes a long way. Oh, okay, right. Only the faithful. Uh, <laughs> so she's a, she's a liberator of, uh, under Gardas, specifically yeah. under his liberator prime, whose name I forget, but um, he he makes an appearance in this book as well. Uh, but again, when I was talking before about it's a we're dealing with new characters, but once we know like who they are, what what they do, again that gives us a leg up and gives us a. a, a, a a shortcut to knowing the sort of person they are. So if you're if you're a liberator in the Steel Souls Warrior Chamber, we're, we know you're going to be dedicated. We know you're going to be resolute. We know you're going to be perpetually faithful, almost exclusively yep. faithful. Um, but she's got the sword and the shield, so she doesn't get the plus one. So, you know, oh, obviously she's a narrative character, not a, you know, match play character. Sure. Those are the characters I prefer, I would say. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but she's uh, she's out there um, in the wild. She's outside the city gates, and she's uh, following Gardas, and they're doing you know they're doing their uh, knights thing. Uh, well, out. And I just want to say real quick, I think I think you're on to something that I mean we've learned a lot about Lord Celestance throughout the number of books from the different um, yeah. chapters, and so there's room now to differentiate them, right? Um, we haven't really gotten to know many liberators. Or, you know, or just, uh, I guess, the, you know, foot troops. You know, we, we get some people here, but the, in um, in a number of Josh Reynolds' books, he's been able to play with kind of the regular Joes and give them more personality and start giving them some more character. And so um, while the, yeah, the liberators in general, we kind of know who they are from all the other books. Now we can shed the archetype here. Whereas like the witch hunter, we don't have a lot of examples of those. You're not going to get a ton, like you're not going to get an army of witch hunters to create an archetype. Don't we've give got these, ideas. We got these two. <laughs> <laughs> we've got these two witch hunter characters so far across these books to give us to to continue to feed kind of what's the base understanding of this type of character. Sure. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, so uh, the other yeah. the other thing is uh, that that the liberator is not a hero, right? The liberator is a battle line, mm -hmm. uh, and that's an interesting departure, right? Like. We have hero that's mentioned as we're going on, but it, it is more of a like kind of a more common approach to it. Um, so this is the first time I think that we've seen a, a battle line character or even just like a non-hero character to play kind of a pivotal role and to have their perspective be represented pretty strongly in the book. So, yeah, I'm not going to debate you on this at, at this point, uh, but. Uh... <laughs> But no, I think it's it's it was an unexpected uh, and and really cool choice. And here's the connection: his first name is Sol S O L, mm -hmm. uh, and her last name, second name is Sunstrike. So there's a little bit of a uh, little bit of sun wordplay word there. Yeah. Anyway, I, uh, I'm I'm so bright. My dad calls me Sun. He wears the shades. <laughs> <laughs> and that leads right into non sequitur into our third sort of. <laughs> grouping of, of, of point of views. Um, I'm not going to list them all here, but we, we do get the perspective of the, the Zinchian forces. I don't know, the Zinchian horse, uh, heroes, the people sort of leading this charge. And it's through their point of view, we get a, uh, a more clear understanding of what they're up to. Um, mm -hmm. 
it, it's, I mean, we get a, a bunch of different hero types, which is always nice to sort of get their different perspectives. And um, it, it's, we get an insight as to when these, these, you know, Zinchian followers, these Zinchian cultists um, get together, we know there's going to be a, there's going to be an interesting plot. There's going to be plots within plots within plots within plans. <laughs> well, it's like, <laughs> it's like the schemes have schemes have schemes. Sure. It's an enigma wrapped in a conundrum. Wrapped in an onion. And then in an onion. Yeah. Because they're going to make you cry. You better believe it. Lots of layers. <laughs> Lots of layers. Um, and so, I mean, speaking of those plots, I guess we can talk a little bit just what, what the the book's even about, right? So the little intro gave us a clue that, that Paul read before, but we can we can tap into the fact that Hammer Hall is uh, a city that, um, whether the people there know it or not, is a city that's under attack. I mean, it's sort of a, you know, a shining jewel of, of Gairan and, and Akshi, and I mean, chaos can't let that stand, right? They can't deal with that. Um, well, I mean, if, if Nurgle is the country boy, sure. Uh, I mean, Zinch is the city boy. The city boy, yeah. Uh, and, and with the decline, as we talked about, that that waning of Nurgle and the rise of the cities of Sigmar, of course, we've heard this before, but Zinch really has much more playground and, and um, you know, can get his claws into politics and social interaction and uh, hubris and, you know, people when people feel chill and like they got things figured out, uh, that's where he likes to play. Yeah, this is bread, bread and butter. In fact, I reckon he probably was excited when he saw these cities popping up because he's like, all right, well, Ooh. now it's my turn. <laughs> Ooh, look at that one. Dibs, dibs, dibs. <laughs> that's mine. Um, um, and so I guess because of that, um, we follow Soul a little bit, and uh, he's kind of on the hunt. He's uh, solving, solving mysteries within the city limits. Apparently, mm -hmm. there's all sorts of mysterious happenings at the uh, the air docks, and so him and his him and his crew are doing some sleuthing down there. Um, yeah, so we get, and we we got this in the um, spears of shadow spear of shadows where we got to visit the kind of aether docks of Excelsius. Yeah. Uh, we got mm -hmm. aether docks here too, and that's it's cool. And there's not just Caradrin uh, there. Um, you know, we're chilling with some some sw um, swift talk. Mm -hmm. That's so stuff. We got some stuff going on there, and a couple other just kind of were there regular like, old airships. Were there mm -hmm. some, like scourge? Were the privateers there too? The Dark there was Elf? no mention of the privateers. There were mention of the Swift Talk data specifically, and there were also some other airships of unknown affiliation, basically. Oh sure, those I think those guys were those guys must have been the the privateer. That's totally yeah. yeah I, I totally agree with you. I support you in this decision. I appreciate that. Um, so yeah, that's that's a great a great setting for you know great setting for a mystery, uh, and then we 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 shift gears back and forth uh, between that and then uh, Serena's uh, point of view. So she's following Gardas as they're, for the most part, defending uh, a group of local human f uh, followers of Illyrio. So basically, uh, uh, the true denizens of the of um, Gyran, um from a bunch of Zangor attacks. Nobody wants to be attacked by Zangors. I don't. Um, like the worst. But, yeah. No, thank you. Twisties. Uh, so they're they're out there, but as you might expect, that it's uh, it's a smaller part of a larger whole. And then, like I said before, the uh, the followers of Zinch are all wrapped up somehow in between in between the two. They're getting getting mixed up between both sides. Uh, there's got to be some connection. We just don't know what. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, it's yeah. I mean, and there's this. Um, I mean, we set up this. Uh, 
I mean, do you want to talk about this this other kind of one of those main characters on the in this section? What's his name? Um, Tall. 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 Rollo Tarn. Rollo Tarn. I make the mistake. Yep. Um, and he's a you know they're kind of investigating his space, mm-hmm. they're trying to find out what you know. He's this upstanding citizen. Everybody like he's got connections up high. He's a human. Right, um, you know what? What could possibly be drawing the clues of the witch hunters to here? Um, he's up, you know. He's he's in the timber trade. Um, mm-hmm. He's he's been able to go out into. Well, is this is this maybe something we want to talk about on the the back half when we actually get sure. into the plot? You're right. You're right. You're right. No. We get, you're right. Uh, and I don't I don't mean to, I don't mean to be coy. I want to get into spoilers too. Well, mm-hmm. what's interesting from the non from the non spoiler point of view is that. Uh, this is a character who's kind of making a living with the resources of the land mm-hmm. uh, and, and kind of that connection. So it, it's, it's kind of this idea is how does, how does this, the hammer hall Gyra or, and trying, it's trying to overtake them. How do they get all this resources? How do they farm it? How do they yeah, get what they need out of it in order to, um, for them to keep building the city and to share with Hammerhall Aksha. So I think this guy, this guy plays kind of that role of um, kind of the frontiersman or, or the businessman who's gone out and actually made, figured out how to do something with mm-hmm. the surroundings in order to benefit and help build. The- yeah. Oh, I feel, are we losing him? Oh, there he is. He's back. Um, yeah, I no, think- I, I actually, that's a good point. Oh, go ahead, Paul. I- I think one of the other interesting things is that it deals with the fact that Hammer Hall seems to be growing really fast, right? Mm-hmm. Like you show up the city and everybody shows up. And so one of the themes is the expansion of Hammer Hall, right? Like, so what's going on? There's there's some tension going on between the expansion of what's supposed to be happening and what is happening. And like, that's where this investigation comes in. They're like, all right, there's an expansion going on. We need to deal with this. And there's this guy and he's he's being able to facilitate that but we're not really sure that that's in, in a good way so we're going to try and figure out what's going on let me ask you guys a question hit me do you know it's called when a city's growing so fast that the bridges don't reach the other side exurbia getting too big for your bridges <laughs> oh all right well oh uh, i hear my, my wow. wife calling i gotta i'm sorry yeah, I gotta, um, I gotta go. wow all right i'll continue on without you all right <laughs> apparently you don't need us <laughs> Um, because I want to talk about this plot. I want to talk about this plot more and in depth. All right. But before we do, before we move on to that spoiler side of things, do we want to do we want to real quick just give give our thoughts generally of the book? Do we want to recommend this book? What do you think? Well, I think that's number one thing, right? It's not actually a book. It's about 150 pages. It's kind of a short story. It's not like maybe a novella. I wouldn't call it a book. Um, so it's a real easy read. Uh, compared to some of the other books that if you're concerned about it being a little bit longer, it's a quick read. Um, sure. So, I mean, it's, it's real quick, but it's also bound between a cover. I would definitely call it a book. But it's Hammerhall and other stories. No, it is a story, yeah, you're right. Sure, right? It's a story. Yeah. Uh, I, I definitely enjoyed it. I was actually surprised at the fact that there wasn't just kind of one plot line. Uh, I, I was very surprised that there. It's a, it's a zinc like book, man. Of course, it's not one plotline. 
but in and in such a short space, it didn't. I didn't feel like either plot line got too little time. That's true. And I felt like it was a really interesting resolution, uh, and I I really enjoyed the way that it developed. I I didn't feel like I was reading a short story. I felt like I was reading a book. It just happened to be short. Sure. Does that make sure. more sense? Yeah, I gotcha. I buy that. Uh, Eric, what'd you think? Yeah, I as towards the end of it, um, I was definitely wanting some more. Um, but I I remember having the thought that I would love to read something like this once a month, uh, you know, like just have 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 this be kind of the the short story form that you just get continuous, um, you just see it grow little bits at a time, um, or you're like, hey, I'm waiting for the next installment of this one. Uh, it's a small, you know, it's a small piece that would be really cool to to just get kind of drip fed over time. Um, Maybe not through a, a, a book. Like, so mm -hmm. I haven't gone through to look at the other books in this collection, uh, stories. Some of them are coming from some past stories that I've already read. Um, but it, I'm, I'm definitely interested in seeing what else is in here because I think this kind of book where there's a whole bunch of small uh, stories that followed up on in another collection down the road. Mm -hmm. I actually think I'd kind of dig that is seeing instead of, you know, digging into one book and getting one setting and one group of people getting more of a kind of like getting a lot of different experiences from a lot of different places could be a fun way to, um, to grab this, this particular story I think is a must read, um, in that this is, this is the new reality of the mortal realms. It's, it is down at the, Prince in the Popper level, um, and you've got a lot of really. Now you're getting to a lot of differentiation in what kind of characters uh, are possible in the Mortal mm -hmm. Realms, um, and there's just some really cool interactions and relationships dynamics uh, that we don't haven't seen in any other book. So, well, and one of the real nice I recommend thing, it. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. Um, no, I just wanted to clarify that that means I I recommend it. One of the real nice things about this book is that it is a real nice primer just because it has so many different stories. If you've never read anything else in AOS before, you're going to get a taste of a bunch of different perspectives. You're going to get a taste of a bunch of different settings, even though it's all within the mortal realms, right? Um, it gives you an idea of what is possible and kind of what is available without necessarily tying yourself to a longer story. Uh, and so if you haven't read anything before, that might be a real nice way to enter into it. To be like, do I like this? Do I want to commit to reading a book? Right? Is this something that appeals to me? Because this story is kind of about a Zinchian plot. There's another story on it that's basically about two different chambers of Stormcast, you know, like, and then there's some of the audio dramas have been novelized as well. So it gets into a lot of interesting territory and it's not that hard to read and it's not that long to read. So it allows you to get a, a real good taste of what's going on in AOS right now, which is a real, real nice perspective because all the other books that have been like this are about the Sylvaneth or they're about the Fire Slayers, right? This is, nope, let's just kind of explore what's going on out there. True, true, true. Um, oh, true, Aaron. From my vantage point, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lead with this, and I'm gonna, I am gonna—I got to clarify. In that, I think, Eric, you said it, you thought it was it was a must-read. I don't think I would categorize it as a must-read. However, I did like it. Uh, I do rate it highly, and I do recommend it get read, but I wouldn't necessarily call it a must-read in that I, 
I consider must reads out there stuff that really is integral to the story or is like guiding where the the the, the larger plot of the mortal realms realms is going thinking like the realm gate war books or like maybe this this the, the lamentations books things like that are what i would consider the must reads the reason i don't consider this one a must read is that it very much is a beginning middle and end sort of book it is very self-contained and who's to say whether or not we'll see these characters again maybe we will maybe we won't but i very much get the impression that this was a shot like a, a snapshot in the life of what it, what it's like living in one of these major cities and we just move on to the next thing after the fact i'm cool with that i'm glad those exist they're probably necessary to flesh the the setting out but mm -hmm. because of that i still wouldn't call it i wouldn't call it a must read if you didn't read this you wouldn't be lost later on probably which is fine i'm, I'm totally fine with it yeah so i think I think my must read is tied a little bit to the question of like who should read this, um, and I and I, th I think that I like those I love those big stories, and I think for somebody who's like I must know what's going on in the moral realms, those are must read in that category. Yeah. But if it's introduction, like Paul was saying, introduction to the setting as it is right now, yeah, you true. get you get both kind of the the insanity of AOS. Uh, the bigness, of, the largeness of it, the chaos, the chaos nature of it. I don't. It's not as um, far expansive as Spirit Shadows, where they're going to so many different, really crazy places. Sure. Um, so it doesn't show you as big of that. But I think it'd be really good for somebody coming in from any other material, having this as a soft landing into Age of Sigmar. Mm -hmm. um, and like I said, so that's where I should clarify. Maybe my, if I were to recommend a new reader of AOS fiction to check something out. That's this one first. Sure. True. Mm -hmm. And I agree with that too. I definitely mm -hmm. is a good uh, place. And as Paul was saying before too, I think that's similar to what he was saying. Um, it's a good place to dip your toe in the water. It's, it's low investment. It's like low stakes to like read it. Um, mm -hmm. And so I, I agree on that front too. You know, actually not, and now that you mentioned that, I'm starting to think, I wonder, would, would a story like this with the same moving pieces, and we probably should talk about this later, but just generally, it, it almost didn't seem out of place if you were to read about it in the world that was, like back in like 8th edition, like fantasy, um, ma major city, uh, mysterious forest, like cultists mm -hmm. out there trying to break into the city, like it has all the, the beats that you could get out of, a, a you know, back in the mm -hmm. old world. Um, and because of that, it also is maybe a good place to jump into and get introduced into the AOS because it's not super unfamiliar. Um, well, and that that was one of my other points is that it doesn't feel, I was trying to make that it doesn't feel like a short story. It feels like a novel, right? Mm -hmm. If we've got kind of the early setting of AOS and we've got kind of the later setting that we're into now, where instead of having to explain what's going on, we have a good idea of what's going on and we can just enjoy the ride. This is definitely a story that we can just enjoy the ride. Yeah, and that's a real nice place. Uh, and also, just from a simple like reality, economic perspective, the book came out in paperback. It's automatically going to be cheaper, uh, so it's the cheapest entry we've got right now. Uh, and it's got a bunch of different stories that all have a bunch of different perspectives. Uh, if you want to read more about all these different things, there's already an existing body of literature for everything out there. So it it, it is a nice like it's a great starting point if you've never read anything before. Because it's cheap, it's accessible, and anything you want, there's already more stuff out there for it. True, true. Um, it's also, it's also uh, audio as well. So um, there was sort of a, a, a not a, a, like a desert, like there was a dearth of audiobooks for a while. I mean, they were coming up pretty hot and heavy, but then they sort of stopped. And this is one that is is on audio again, which is how I 
how I consumed it. I listened to it um, and did a great job. It's, I mean, their quality for their, their audio is, is pretty great. It's not a, it's an audio book, not audio drama, um, but still, I don't know who narrated it, but did a great job. And I, I don't think I lost anything by listening to it that way. Um, I think we sort of touched on it a little bit. We can be just real quick. Is there anybody else that you would recommend this book to? Are there any other types of people, individuals who, who, who else would be suited to reading this book? Hmm. I mean, so as you mentioned, uh, I think early on, um, I mean, this is Gardas. This is another chapter. I mean, he just went down, um, you know, he went to all the, through the realm gates. He was in Garan. He was in the garden Nurgle. He went back to the, um, garden recently, um, in, in, uh, the garden of Nurgle. What was it called? Play garden. Play garden. Yeah. Um, and came back out and now he's over here in hammer hall. Um, and you know, the, so the, the, the hallowed knights, if you love that uh, chamber, this is definitely a great one. Um, you mm -hmm. learn some, some more characters, some more um, <clears throat> of the hierarchy and their connection to hammer hall. So, yep. If you like Zinch, this is a great book for you. Uh, the Hexwood is mentioned in the Zinch battle tome. There's a bunch of exploration of characters, heroes that are in, uh, the Zinch battle tome itself. Uh, it's, it's a good fleshing out of what those characters mean. There's also a nice exploration of free peoples and also people that are free peoples, but not. So there is um, an exploration of what the realms mean for free peoples, which is kind of a cool thing, right? So if you're interested in, all right, so I've got some free peoples and they all look like empire from the old world. What do the people that don't look like Empire from the old world look like if they're free peoples? True. Well, there's some digging into that uh, that goes on in this book that's pretty nice as well. <laughs> I think. I think too. If there's, if there were still any comparison between the relationship of um, Space Marines and uh, Imperial Guard oh, yeah. versus the relationship between Stormcast and Free People, mm -hmm. you exactly what that difference is and why. Um, there's, you know, yeah. And, and we'll get to a, those, there'll be a quote or s some reference, uh, with, uh, a Selena Sunstrike later on that, that references that but there's a lot of relationship between the mortals and the immortals mm -hmm. and, and what's important. So well, I think one other quick point is that if you're a fan of the 40 K inquisitor style novels, this is not a bad transition into AOS because we've got kind of an AOS inquisitor with the witch hunter. Mm -hmm. We've got a space Marine bodyguard character type as it were with the storm cast, right? And we've got another cast of characters. So if that's something that you're interested in, right? Like that's this kind of story for AOS. I, I think it's a poor comparison, let's be honest. But if, if that's something that really pushes your buttons, this might be something that's an entry into the AOS fiction for you. Yeah, it's good to know. Guys, we've been, we've been beating around the bush for a while. Any other non-spoiler thoughts before? Should, bush? should we just quit? Should we just log off? Just no, we can log off. I'm okay with that. We, we, got, we got to go out of this. We got some things to talk about. Uh, <laughs> let's let's get into our let's get into our spoilers. Um, so let me say, hey, people listening to this or watching this, if you don't want to be spoiled, turn off right now. Go read the book. Like, yeah, go read the book. I mean, right? I, yeah, I think I think all of us recommend it. So like. Go, go give it a shot and meet us back here in, in like two seconds. All right. One, two. Spoilers. Lay a mommy Boom. hit me right now. Go, 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 go. So I'm never happy at the oh. end.
Yeah. So. <laughs> wow. Good job. That's a great spoiler to have. Let's let's lead with a let's lead with a heavy spoiler. We've been talking about the Zinchian plot and what Zinch has been up to. Well, uh, so so okay. real. Sorry. First, I want to say what Josh Reynolds does <laughs> again in this book. What he does really cool next to Spirit Shadows is we get some gods talking. Yeah. It's a good place to start. Hit me. We uh, we get so, Sig- Sigmar's coming down, strolling. He's like, ah, let me hang out in Garan for a little bit, take a little stroll. And he kind of comes around. That He senses something's going on in these hex woods. He just kind of is around the periphery. Nothing can see him. And, just on a nice vacation, you know, and, just hanging out. And uh, the and Alario comes blowing in as a kind of embodiment of leaves to talk to him. She She's busy elsewhere, but she's uh, FaceTiming him. Uh, and and there's just this like uh, it looks like you need some help and she's like I don't need help back off dude if I can just you know let me it's like I this isn't any of your concern so she's she's certainly kind of more of um, there was a lost episode of mortal realms where we talked through the the pantheon book oh yeah (laughs) you know where the two are talking and they're talking about the old alliances like they're there's nothing right now. Like they, they are. How I put it, they are allies, be, mm-hmm. and they're going to be allies. They're, <clears throat> they're not. They're not going to. Right. I mean, it's it's on one hand, it's tenuous, but the threat of chaos is bigger than what threat either of them have towards each other. Right. So they're they're still, allies of necessity, not allies of like choice. Right. I mean. Yeah, I mean, if if there was no chaos around, they'd be fighting each other. Um, but but yeah, so there's just no there's no like obligations. There's no treaties that they're working around. Mm-hmm. It's no no treaties. Mm-hmm. Uh, nice. Um, so I mean, it's it's there's a real <laughs> <laughs> there's a real tension there, uh, and but it's it's just cool seeing the speaking, and then it kind of prologues it. It kind of lifts up they're like hey let's look at this from the highest level what are the, what are the gods concerned about and then let's bring it down and see what what mortal man is concerned about is concerned about so that's so that's, I, that's I, fantastic open yeah it's i like that one of the on the first page they're talking about how sigmar is ascending through the shattered sky islands and the storm reefs it was just it was a real cool just image of descending into gyran i mean um, dude knows how to make an entrance sure yeah Exactly. Uh, so that was that was a real cool moment. Um, uh, and when Illyrio is embodied, it's just it, she's embodied with the living or dead plant matter, right? Like, whereas he's kind of like all this storm and, and lightning and smoke and etc. She's just like using what's there. Um, it was it was kind of a nice touch to embody him in more of like Azir things, and embody her in very much in the Garan things. That was a real cool just kind of moment. I just like the idea of like Sigmar being bored up in his ear, being like, "All right, well, what's going on elsewhere? I'm gonna, I'm gonna scope this out. Like, I got nothing else better to do." Uh, mm-hmm. She's like, "Hey, man, get up out of my realm. I'm busy." Uh, yeah, I liked it. So, how, how does that uh, how does that relate to the I'll say plot, and by that I mean the the Zinchian plot. What does that have to do with Zinch? Yeah. So, what we've got is so what he's sensing down there. He comes down to the Hexwoods. Mm-hmm. And what he's sensing there is that there's something amiss. Yep. And what he, what we get the picture of is that um, some of Alerial's soul pods, these mm-hmm. things of infinite potential, potential. Uh, of creation, um, are have been captured 
and have been encased in a um, crystalline structure. A flux uh, cairn. A flex, flux cairn. What'd you call yeah, it? Uh, yeah, that's what I called you, a flux cairn. Deal with it. Uh, now, and later on, they talk about this as being a normal beastman thing. Yeah, it's like a Zinch Herdstone, basically, yeah, is what I got from it. Yep. So so they've right. encased the soul pods in a couple of some sh- there's a there's a shaman who's kind of in charge um mm-hmm. and a whole bunch of zangors and a whole bunch of uh kind of just the beasts um and they are siphoning energy they're they're mm-hmm. they're uh, there's a ritual going on around the herdstone uh that's kind of blending planes uh there's some ethereal astral things going on mm-hmm. uh and they're kind of working up to a grand Scheme. there's a ritual there's a ritual yeah. that started here, and they're waiting for something to happen to kind of mm-hmm. complete the process they're, that, that they're going under. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting thing. The flux cairns are described as basically solidified magic, and the soul, pat, soul pods are contained within them, and the flux cairn is siphoning off that energy in order to feed this ritual. But, uh, Never- uh, go ahead. Nope, go ahead. Uh, it's just—it's a very interesting visual. Uh, it's a very interesting—I don't know—technical explanation of what's going on. Yeah. It, it was kind of a cool thing because we don't get many technical explanations in AOS. It's more of this like this thing is awesome because it's a city on a worm. Isn't that awesome? That's so cool. And this is like, <laughs> nope. This is exactly how it works. And like, not that I have a problem with that, but it, it was cool to have like, yep, this is exactly what it works, and this is why it works because it's zinch and it's magic, etc. So. Uh, they described it as crystals or prisms that were jutting out from the earth itself. Sure. And do we want to talk about to what end? Like, why would they go? To, why would they go to all this trouble? What are they after? Do you want? Do you want to spoil that already? <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, we're we're in we're in the spoilers. We talk- <laughs> we're talking about the plot, right? So let's let's talk about the plot to begin with. Sure. Hit me. So, uh, so where do you want to start? You want to go inside the city? You want to go outside the city? I'm leaving. Well, we start with Hammerhall, and it kind of makes that connection of like you can see the Hexwood it, itself-ish. You can see the Nevergreen Mountains from Hammerhall itself. And so what they're trying to do is they're trying to create this pathway from Hammerhall to the Hexwood. Sure. It's a really interesting way of which they're creating it. But this Flux Cairn is one of the anchors, and then uh, Rolo Tarn is integral for the other anchor that's going to try and figure out what's going on. And they're not just trying to get from the Hexwood to Hammerhall. They're trying to bypass the, the, the protections of Hammerhall, the wards. They're trying to create a path from the realm of chaos through the Hexwoods, which they've tainted and they're using this soul pod and then into, uh, in to be able to have demons appear inside of Hammerhall. So like Um, a Zetian super highway. Yep. Um, Tarn, who is this industrious, um, you know, was it was this industrious free people, free person, um, but when when it came time, and they, they do a little bit to humanize them a little bit, right? Yeah, they do. It, they give oh, them a little yeah. bit of story of where, like, he tried to go out and be industrious and and serve the people, but he didn't get the support. He needed from uh like he was out there mm-hmm. his whole like he built up his business and then like his whole retinue was like murdered yeah like his whole 
all the people that worked for me built up this business. Like he had more people cutting down trees, more people cutting down trees. Mm -hmm. And then like, they were just by, I think the Sylvaneth was, weren't they? Yep. Yeah. So he was a logger and he was doing great until he started cutting into the hexwood. And then the Sylvaneth are like, uh, no, sorry. They're like Greenpeace coming in to like shut down all this, like, you know, savaging of the land. And that's where Zinch spoke to him. Mm-hmm. And was able to kind of convince him, hey, there's, there's, I've got, a, I've got something for you. I can protect you from these things. Uh, make sure that you're profitable. You just mm-hmm. got to do a few things for me, and and it became the process of turning him to the dark side. Sure. Well, and I think one of one of the things uh, that he talks about is that he was chased for days by these Sylvaneth that are torturing him, right? And he was on the point of madness. So, to him, it might not have been a conscious choice, right? Like I think that was kind of push that it's just like. This is absolutely a necessity. So, so he gets turned to Zinch. Um, he mm. starts becoming more uh, able to grab these hex woods, which uh, Zinch has has tainted over time. Uh, uh, these soul pods help him reshape the woods in Zinch's image. Um, they cut down these trees. They turn them into lumber. They bring them into the city in these airships, and then he sells them um, to. Uh, he he's able to sell them to kind of the rich part of of you know the builders of Hammerhall, both Aksha and Garan. Um, and this tainted wood is meant to be like think about a million planks of wood or or beams of wood all over Hammerhall, and these are the portals in which the they're the other doorway that he's created. And so the idea is that the demons would be able to come out everywhere in hammer hall all at once. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, it's pretty really big, uh, turn <laughs> against like a whole people. Um, yeah. it's a, it's and, a pretty uh, huge plan for one or two people as we get into. Sure. Right. And, and so like, he's, he's, he's putting this, putting this plan into motion. Like he, he's, I feel like they're, they're getting close to what they're trying to accomplish. Let's uh let's insert uh soul gauge here. How does mm-hmm. how does he come into play? Where's he get wrapped up into this? You tell me. <laughs> I'm, the, I'm the one asking the question. Oh, okay. Uh so Soul, so being a witch hunter, he's tracking down chaos, he gets clues, he interrogates somebody, he learns something, uh he 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 checks his um trinkets and um whatever to try and see where magic's happening. He's probably, you know, um he's got he's got tools of the trade to help them kind of suss this out or spies different people around the city that are helping, you know, reporting things, etc. And so, so soul and his team, mm-hmm. uh, are, have to investigate this, this ether port. Uh, and in particular, it's one of Tarn's warehouses. Um, and we've got this motley crew. We've got, uh, soul. We got Kuva, a white lion elf. We got mm-hmm. Brent, a, mm-hmm. a hammer. Brent is a hammer. Yep. Uh, and then we've got a Lord Veritant. Yep. What's Karis. 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 Yep. And I mean, back to that analogy, I mean, he'd be your, he would definitely be your uh, Grey Knight. Oh, yep. Okay. He'd be your Grey Knight. Chilling out with the Inquisitor. He um, also does have a Griffhound Zephyr too. Yep. So he's got a Griffhound with him. Um and the Veritants 
are kind of the the witch hunter side. They're the counter to the Castellan, which is probably the more builder defensive army side. Uh, so we we get Veritant in uh, City of Secrets as well, or a mm -hmm. Veritant. Uh, but this guy's, I think, much different. Yep. Uh, than that one. Uh, much more chill. Like yeah. Much more willing to not take the lead, right? Like he's not somebody to purge the heretic. He's somebody sure. to uh, tell me where to go, and I will take care of it. Yeah, much right? more willing to not like decimate an entire city and like yeah. <laughs> genocide <laughs> across the whole race. And where the where the team from Spear of Shadows would just kind of like get to know each other, these guys from the get go, you get a sense that they've worked together a few times. Mm -hmm. Like they're not necessarily the Avengers, right? Yeah. Where they're always working together, but they've mm -hmm. crossed each other's paths. They've worked together before. It, when yep. they're in the city, or it seems like Kuva can come and go, but when she's around, she's helping out, she's doing stuff, she's working with okay. them, um, yep. etc. Um, yeah, so I mean, and, and and make a point of that. There's a backstory of these guys, like why exactly they're working together, or how they yeah. came into employ, or who sent which one. But I think it seems to me like Soul is just called in favors. Sure. He's like, yeah. okay, I know a couple of people. I know this person's in town. I know Kuva's. I mean, she's. I need Kuva. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> in fact, and, I'm not, not going to do this until I have Kuva. I'll wait. Yeah, yeah, I'll wait. Yeah. Uh, and and then kind of assembles that team, figures it out. You know, gets to the docks. They, you know, put out. They put out a bunch of people's lights. A lot of guards. They knock them out, mm -hmm. just so they don't know what's going on. There's a little subterfuge. Uh, That's really they, nice. Uh, introduction though to the characters I find uh, I found that uh, it's the exploration of the docks which is a really cool setting for me right because it's Hammerhall but it's above Hammerhall is are these ether docks and as you were kind of describing these concentric circles that's basically the ether docks so it's all above the city itself uh, so that was a real cool way to kind of introduce it they have these little guards that are trying to defend things and then they introduce the characters as they're coming up on problems uh, that they need to address, right? They're trying to get to the warehouse, but there's this guard and there's this other guard and everything needs to be taken care of in order. So they introduce the characters as they're doing that. Um, and it was, it was it allowed each character to have an entrance, which is a real fun thing that you don't yeah. necessarily get, right? Yeah. It's not like, oh, we're at the tavern and here's the adventuring party. It's like, <laughs> nope, these are the two guys that are showing up. It's going to be Sol and Karis. Oh, and there's this guy, Bryn. Oh, and there's this girl, Kuva. Oh, and you know, like it, it was going on to introduce uh, the the party itself, and it made them feel like more of they had been working with each other because they just did what they're supposed to do. Yeah, you saw them when they were done with their job. There's yeah. there's there's a, there a sense of coordination. Yes, like they had a plan. Mm -hmm. And Soul is definitely the ringleader for that plan. Yeah, yeah, right? which like, is which is cool because he's the youngest. <laughs> he's the human. Yeah. Uh, and we get a bunch of you know elves, stormcast, Immortal. yeah, yeah, dwarden, and and he's earned their respect, or, or you know, for his order or whatever, uh, mm -hmm. as a knight of his ear, um, to command, kind of command the the, the troop. So it, that's yeah. pretty, yeah. Um, and they've got to get, so they decide that, and there's a there's a quote early on with I believe it's Kuna, or like, what should we do here? And she's like, just burn it down. Yeah, like she. <laughs> She doesn't want to, like, why spend a lot of time? Yeah, and same thing with Bryn. Yeah. To burn it down. Yeah. Uh, or was that Bryn's? Uh, it was both of them. Kuva's like, like, burn it down. Bryn's like, yeah, burn it down. And Sol's like, all the other witch hunters would totally burn it down. 
but I'm totally not like that. It's, I'm not like, like it's weird because those two probably live longer than, than soul for sure. Exactly. Yeah. Like, no, like that. we ain't got time for this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I like to, I like that Kuva wasn't kind of restricted to the class that she is, as it were, right? Like it, it, they introduced her, this is what she looks like. This is the weapon that she has. Right. But like, that wasn't her character. That was a really cool aspect of it. Um, especially as we get later on in the book and they're talking about flying, um, and she was like, oh, I forgot how much fun flying was. It's really cool, right? Like, it, it wasn't just like, oh, I'm a white lion and I do what white lions do because I look like a white lion. It was like, sure. nope, I'm actually this character and this character is kind of cool. Have we had any other white lions? Um, not since the end times that I'm aware of. No, I don't think right. so. Uh, Corhill, but, you know, that was the end times, so. We're not, we're not in the end times. No, we're uh, not. Well, we haven't had that. So, I mean, to me, that was a little bit of a, I mean, if, I think I've read a little bit of the White Lion fluff, and and they're kind of a savage elf clan, yeah. right? I mean, they're they're not prim and proper. They're not the high elves that you think of, right? They're yeah. um, you know kind of trophy driven and and skill driven, yeah. Um, and so yeah, so these guys, so Kuba's kind of, which is, I mean, yeah, I mean. It's a, a thing you got to change in your head too, a little bit from the old world for sure. But also, like white lions are typically dressed in white. They've got big lion pelts. They've got a, mm-hmm. it's an elf with a giant axe, which people have like what? That isn't. That's not a trope that's anywhere else. Um, nope. You know, so it it does it never fit to a lot of tropes. Uh, and yep. now in this case, for them to be kind of a stealthy um, kind of hunter type mm-hmm. is really interesting. So, yeah. um, but it's it's a cool. A cool style to fit into the story, I think. Yeah. Sure. Well, and and Bryn kind of departs from the class as well. Uh, you know, he's a hammer, but he's got these two Drake fire pistols, right? And like, so he acts a lot and he fights a lot like Soul does because Soul's got these two pistols and he's got this knife, right? But Bryn's got these two pistols and he's got this hammer. So they have very similar fighting styles. Um, but he's got an interesting background as well. It's like, oh yeah, who knows how long he's been around and he's a hammer, but there's no king. And he's not protecting the king, even if there was one. So what's going on with his backstory? Yeah. So it's, it's a little bit of mystery, which was a, a cool addition as well. Sure. Um, I, I think it was on the interview with Kenny on um, its Combat Face podcast, but uh, Reynolds was talking about Spear Shadows and not, not about this specifically, but uh, he was saying that uh, GW, I think, told him or he, he got the impression what he needed to do was actually create a, a group of just a wide range of the different, I hate to say it like this, but like the, the wide range of models that they happen to sell so that you can get different perspectives from their different roles. And so that was yep. Spear Shadows. I've, I feel like this is just a continuation of that where yeah. this is an opportunity to take a look at what a real, a real life version of a hammer is, a real life version of a white lion is and throw them all together and sort of see what that interaction looks like, how they exist in the world, what they're doing now. It's a great way to sort of port the, the you know the the eighth edition models into this setting um, and really cement they're not compendium but sort you know the, the the older models in this this new setting so I I, I love uh, the the combining of these different roles and the the teamwork sort of interacting between the two of them um, it, it's a great way to accomplish that Absolutely. yeah I I very much love that as well uh, I like that it's it allows you to have kind of a touchstone of like this is what the model looks like. Right, but then to depart from the touchstone and be okay with the fact that it's a departure, right? In the old world, it was almost impossible to do that because you're like, no, these are what these guys do, and this is what it is. 
In AOS, it's much more like, no, I can make an adventuring party out of whoever I want to, because I think they would work cool together, and this is how they work cool together, and this is great. That's true. Right? Like, I mean, uh, Bryn is still wearing the Kozalid armor. He still has the Kozalid war cries, right? But, like, he's not actually part of the part of the Dwarden force anymore. It, it, it's cool. And after reading this, I mean, I got to say, I want to play Hammerhall, uh, Silver <laughs> yeah. Tower. I want a Lord Veritant. Uh, he doesn't have any rules in Silver Tower or any of the, the Warhammer quests. Um, but, I mean, like, tromping through uh, the city with this, you know, band of misfits um, just mm -hmm. seems like a lot of fun. Yeah. You know, almost um, like so you play in and just kind of recruit these characters and play a skirmish game with them. Like that. What were you saying, Aaron? Oh, I was just saying, it, it almost is like a, a, a Warhammer Quest like campaign in a yep. in a way, actually. Uh, yeah, you've got you've got kind of a you've got a warehouse kind of you know dungeon, and you've got sure. the the woods. Um, so they they bust into they this warehouse, and uh, they find nothing except for stacks of wood. And mm -hmm. obviously, we've talked about what that wood is, but they don't know this yet at all. Yeah. And what they find is that they've been uh, there's a trap laid for them by some acolytes. Mm -hmm. Um, so that wearing the gold bird masks yeah, and the, you know, in this space and they start fighting against a, uh, changeling, right? A cursling. Cursling. Changeling. Yeah, changeling like, yep. is the dude. So yep. changeling is the specific yeah. character. We don't have that right now. Um, uh, so it, it's the cursling. Uh, so, you know, big hulking monster of a zinch, uh, warrior. Um, and, uh, we find out later is the son of Tarn. <laughs> Who's been uh, warped and changed by Zinch, um, and he comes up and starts wailing him. You got acolytes, you got things burning, you've got uh, um, kind of the the wood starts gibbering and mm -hmm. changing. As wood does. Uh, yeah, yeah, and, no. Yep, and so there's and this happens after some of the the progress is made, but the, you know this is kind of the environment they're in, um, and and they really have to kind of. It's it's a trap that they've fallen into, and they've got to get their self, they get themselves out of it. Um, after you know, a lot of smashing of demons and and that sort of thing, uh, and they got to make it out of there. I don't know if we want to keep going down that path or if we let's want to switch a, back. Let's put a pin in it. What's going let's on outside uh, the city walls? I because mean, this yeah. is all sort of happening one, currently. Let's uh. Let's no, can I mention, mention one quick detail that I really enjoyed? No, uh, okay. only because you really enjoyed it. Yeah. So in the very beginning, when they have the little watchman, mm -hmm. and it falls apart because it's all full of like rust and or moss. So they have this lava moat. They still can't keep all the life out because everything grows into moss or vines, etc. Right? Mm -hmm. But when they walk into the warehouse, none of the wood has been affected whatsoever. It all looks completely natural. So it was a real nice foreshadowing of being like self has not changed something is wrong here right this is the only place that isn't rotting yep it's cool piece of foreshadowing yeah i mean you're absolutely right uh well and i didn't get that quite as rotting as much as like spores would land on people and start growing plants like it was a very again yeah. the the um the verdant yeah yeah so i mean it was, it was more life affirming than it was like rotting not like a life cycle yeah but let's 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 talk about the life, the vegetation, or basically just the realm at large. When we uh, look through the eyes of Serena outside the city gates, out in the wilds, following Gardas, fighting Zeech dudes, uh, what are they up to out there? What what what's their 
part to play in this. Well, uh, they started out with, oh, by the way, all the Stormcast have left the city because they're going out to go address this threat, right? And this threat is in the Hexwood. We're, we're going back to where Sigmar had uh, mentioned that he right, hadn't asked for help. Turns out they had been helped by these uh, locals. Um, so they had these local lumbermen, uh, villagers, I don't know exactly what you would call them, tribesmen, maybe? Denizens of the realm of life. Um, yeah, uh, that had made it known that help is needed. They show up with the Stormcast, they show up with the Free Peoples, uh, and they go to eradicate this threat, as it were. Um, so we basically enter the story as they're walking into the Hexwood, and they're going to go ambush and take out this Zinjian cult that has taken root. Um, and they have Verdians, as they call them, the local people showing them the way. But then they also have the free people um, that are mostly from Azir, but then they also have this combination of, because of the attrition, they're also from um, the realm of life, and there's also some people also there from the realm of fire. Uh, so it's this whole conglomeration of everyone working together to fight off the the cult of change. Sure. Yeah. So. And 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 I guess how, how do they do that? To what end? Like, what are they faced with? Uh, they're basically just faced with uh, an ambush of the like ambush after ambush after ambush after yeah. ambush. Yeah. Oh, twist less yeah. yeah. So they're just walking through the woods, and all of a sudden, there's beastmen, right? Like, okay, whatever. You you kill the beastmen, they go away. Meh, 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 right? And then they're ambushed by the freaking trees. Yeah. Right, like this was a cool kind of interesting thing. So the flamers come out, they set fire to the trees, and then all of a sudden the trees start wailing on the stormcast and wailing on the free peoples because they've been transmuted into chaos. So I mean, it is it's a very AOS thing to be like, nope, the trees are just chaos tainted now. They're literally just using their leaves, using their roots, using their trunks to just flatten everything in, in sight. That new Nurgle tree model could definitely be converted to a zine right? tree. Could totally story. You so, would you would never. They're would mortal enemies. You do it. Um, but you yeah, you, you get you just get wave after wave, and you get you get to see you know how the liberators fare. You get to see you get flamers in there, so you've got you know people getting burned. You got judicators coming in to save the day. Um, you've got and then all of a sudden you know Gardas and his retinue of of um, retributors compounding in and and smashing through things. You've got don't forget the impertinent maiden. Do you guys, uh, you guys remember her? Oh yeah, of course. Uh, so again, uh, so this is uh, <laughs> this is one of the uh, what is it? the Ironweld arsenal that came along. It's one of the oh, what's it called? Steam tank. Is it a steam tank? I thought it was one no, of the no, guns. No. Oh no, the uh, the near same change. Rocket the, battery. Rocket uh, hell blaster. Hell, mm, one of them. I didn't never played Empire, Paul so I was bad at this. Paul Paul would know, but he's dead now. So, <laughs> um, and so this is just this kind of a multi-barreled gun uh, that mows down some things from time to time. Uh, but unfortunately, in come the 
the Skyfires and the Enlightened. They always do. Uh, and uh, it's time to just murderize some things. So they come in, they take out kind of the couple of people on the Hellblaster thing, and it it gets uh, the beast that's the the beast of burden that's hauling it around gets kind of like I'm out of here. Um, and uh, you know you get some really cool interactions with. So there's this uh, one of them is the this shaman. It isn't the main shaman. I don't believe it. No, it's the, the one that was talking to him. Yeah, uh, yeah. So it's Tarn's a kind of connected um, coven brother, sure. coven Zangir. Whatever. It's Zangir. Uh, it's like worst name. Like, come on, there's Zangor. Well, Zinch Gairan. It's a, it's a shorthand for Zinch Gairan. Oh, I see what you're saying. But I mean, it's like so close right? to Zangor. Like, might as well it's called yeah, like <laughs> Kleenex. Um, <laughs> And, and uh, Kleenox. Um, so, but he comes cruising out. He's the one who kind of beheads the the Hellblasters um, crew. Um, but then Gardas comes in, uh, kind of, well, you know, kind of takes him off his disc. Um, and uh, he comes down and they exchange some blows. Uh, but instead of Gardas taking him down, he kind of just paves the way, like he distracts him for a little bit. And one of these uh, free peoples, and, and it's cool, like you said, they describe them as like some of them are super tattooed. Like these aren't these aren't your your uh your Middenheims yeah. uh free peoples. Oh, absolutely not. <clears throat> and he so this guy sneaks up on the, the shaman and stabs him right in the back and then like cripples him, and then all the other free people get to come in and tear him apart. And Gardas is like, This is the like I'm giving them let them have this. This is their win, right? Well, um, there was a real cool moment there. I don't know if you caught it, right? The people from the realm of fire. Did you catch that? Hey, the realm of fire. So there are people from the realm of fire. So the first guy comes up and he stabs him in the back as Gardas distracts him. Zangor, Zangir, I should say, turns See? around and stabs him with his his uh, his dagger. The free people from Akshi dissolves into ash. He had a real cool death. And I'm like, oh, that's a different way for someone to die. I just right? assume, it wasn't I like oh, that was a, a Zinchian thing, like transmuting the body into something weird. Actually, I don't know. It, like, it might be, but it still was, it was a cool moment to be like, this guy who was specifically from Akshi sacrificed himself and that was a theme that was going on in the whole story right like we're sacrificing of themselves and the people from zinch were sacrificing of others right that's where the whole son came in he was sacrificing his son mm -hmm. right and the order was more sacrificing themselves for other people well let's let's touch there for a minute because one of the kind of leaders of the free people older gentleman with a peg leg super you know yeah. in in our terms battle hardened um but uh, selena remembers when he was young and brown you know had no gray hairs um she talks about you know fighting with him for a long time and she's been the same and we talked about this has been a hundred years since this has been a hundred years since gardas came to the mortal realms let alone you know or left azir right so he's a hundred years old straight up um or more because there's time before uh, Gates of Azir, but straight up. 
<laughs> straight up over a hundred years. Um, mm-hmm. And, but then, you know, there's this, this moment when, um, you know, this idea of sacrifice mm-hmm. and that the Stormcasts, in, in her view, you know, are there, they were made so that the mortals wouldn't have to die. It's a and, real cool moment. Yeah. And the idea that, that, seeing some of these the lives of these humans snuffed out and it being permanent made her sick yeah um, had a real effect on her <laughs> yeah um and and you know the same kind of there's just so much respect for of the the people the humans the mortals yep. by the the storm cast um and that they're that they're, the, you know, and we saw that in Gates of Azir. Like these are these people are the reason the Stormcasts are here. Um, that mm-hmm. prior to being reforged, these these people that were forged as Stormcasts fought to protect their people, and now they have opportunity yeah. to continue to do that and protect other people. Um, and so there's what, just there's a, that. I mean, that just comes really strong through this. One of the interesting things is that Creel is that that character's name um, is that he's an Azerite, right? And he's fighting in Garan. And there's a moment where they're talking with one of the Verdians, which is Shale, and they're having this fight, right? Because the Azerite, of course, is a follower of Sigmar, and Shale is the follower of uh, Alariel, yeah. right? And so they have this whole like kind of difference going on. And then you've got, I think his name is Hryn, which is one of the guys from Akshi, right? Like you've got all these different perspectives going on, and they're showing that there's tension between what's going on and what's you know, how it's being resolved themselves as saviors, right? So like even within the free people, the Azerites are like, I came and saved you being absolutely destroyed. You should be really thankful that I'm coming to save you, right? And Shale is one of the Verdians and the Verdians are like, look, you shut your gates and we had to survive with what we had. We have. What's cool about that dynamic is that, you know, in the end, neither of them have a leg up on the other. Sure. Right. No. Nope. So there's a there's a cool balance there between the the gate shutting and the you know coming back to rescue. Like, uh, eh, you like, know, like you, you don't get absolved necessarily. You yeah. Can't. Do, you, do you get credit for coming to save me when it was your fault that I need? I'm, it's in a right. way, yeah. your fault. I needed to be saved in the first place. I mean, they didn't have stormcast. Well, and before. that. So. Yeah, and that's made really clear by the fact that the Azrites are like, "I've come to save you," and the Viridians are like, "Yeah, where do you go to save us?" <laughs> Right, because that becomes a key part of the plot. Is like, oh, oh I'm gonna call it, totally come and save you, and then where do I go to come and save you? And the radians are like, okay, you need to actually go over here. And if you have all the power in the world, if you don't know where you're going to use that power, it's basically useless. So there is it's a really interesting thing. And then the actually where the people that actually killed the Zinch, which apparently there's some history there or something, right? So kill every I said, what? kill the Zinch. The- Exactly. So a point for where they belonged in the plot. It wasn't like, oh, look, that we've got these people from different perspectives and they're all here because people die. And isn't it fun that everybody's from a different place? Got different motivations too, right? They worship different gods. They have different ways of fighting. They have different ways of dressing. Like, especially the people from actually, it's like, okay, you look really cool. You have a really interesting way of actually fighting. They basically just seemed like, um, what are the the uh, Eternal Guard opposite the Wildwood Rangers? I think. Yeah. For the yeah, but but humans, yeah. right? Like they have this kind of like fur thing going on, and they've got these bows, and 
it said, okay, you're free guild, but you're still not the same people. Like you're gonna fight in different ways. You're gonna fight for different reasons. It, it was a real nice exploration of that. Even in, and for a short story, I was really impressed to have that kind of detail put into it. We haven't had that yet with the free people. Usually it's just been like, oh, they're all empire, you know? And, the, and now it's like, no, this is not what they are. Very good point. Very good Man. point. So they they have to push in. They so they they, you know, kill this uh, shaman. All of the forces of Zinch kind of regroup, and the the Gardas decides to take a small force to get to the heart of the matter, while the regular force stays there to to make it look like nothing's changed. Is this the point? Is this the point where their Zinch really isn't? We, they don't know that they're regrouping. Like the first first pass, they think that they're they're boogieing out of there, right? So this is after the so in in close to the end, the shaman after the shaman is killed. Okay. Yeah, after the trees have attacked, after the, the shaman is killed, so now they're like, okay, we've got to figure out what else is going on. Sure, exactly. The, so the, go ahead. No, just generally, it, it's they're they're not out of the they're not out of the woods yet, so to speak. Just taking down the shaman doesn't mean <laughs> that that. Uh, that their their mission is complete because the ritual is still going and we kind of transition back to the docks at this point and they intended to have the ritual going on the warehouse but they can't do that anymore because the warehouse is being taken over by this adventuring party as it were so they decide to go and attack the ship because they realize that the ship is the key to everything um, but not all of them can get to the ship um, but they jump onto, they have Karis and they have Soul themselves and trying to figure out exactly what's going on. Um, and this isn't the first appearance of Ake, uh, but this is a real interesting character, AEK, um, who is a fate master by the side of Rolo Tarn. Now, and is he, is he the, the guy that we, so this was, it was a little confusing to me because uh, Rolo Tarn had been talking to a dude and i mm. thought it was ache but i got the impression that he was he looked more like an old lord of change so zangir is the half of his soul is half of rollo tarn's soul they did this pledge where if he dies the other person doesn't necessarily die because they split their souls so most of what the conversation had was between zangir and rollo tarn figuring out exactly how the plot is going to work well so is what's called a fate master. So the model that is the fate master is the old metal, uh, yeah. the Zinch Lord on disc. So I didn't think so that I didn't think that Tarn and Zangir talked that much. Most mm -hmm. of the dialogue that Tarn was when he was expositioning was with Ake. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. I got. But the impression I got was that he was more bird-like. Uh, until they said he was a fate master, and then it changed. I was like, went to that old model. Well, and just I was like, it yeah. doesn't mean he looks like the model as a fate master. He could be a bird like well, fate master. And, and the other thing, it seems like, I mean, he's a he's a zinch. He can change, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah. I, I was. Well, like, he could be the plastic plan pack with the bird legs, or he could be, you know, like there's a lot of my, options for him to look like. Question specifically was though, did you guys remember him being described more bird like or sort of change like, or was? Did you, what was your picture in your head for him? Uh, when they said what he was, um, I looked up the model, and I, in my okay. head, he's the model, not the bird like it. Okay. Honestly, to me, he looked a little bit more like a swordmaster, like a high elf swordmaster, but Zinchian, right? Because it said he had a high pointed helm, and he, had, and he had a plume, and he had the sword, right? So, like, 
halberd was a two-handed halberd but like that was more of the picture that i got of the character oh is that what it was a halberd instead it, it was like a, it was a two-handed something it might have been a sword but it was more gotcha. of a yeah um and he was an awesome character yeah, just, I'm, I'm gonna leave really it at that good. but uh there's this whole fight on the deck of the airship itself and then they figure out that the deck is not where they actually need to be heading before Kuva and Bryn ram the airship with the sky cutter. As, as Bryn's singing some like Kozalid song. Uh, and then Ake and Karis get into this huge duel on the deck of the ship. And Toll is like, all right, this isn't actually the point. He's just delaying us. So he goes underneath and he finds the actual ritual. And he sees these, was, that was a cool kind of description. He sees these bubbles of reality, as it were, popping up from the inside of the ritual, showing all the places in Hammerhall where demons are showing up hmm. that was tainted that were or blessed, as Rolotarn calls it. <laughs> Vision any, of Hammerhall. Has any main character in the history of fiction ever rolled up on a, uh, a ritual being performed and they didn't need to interrupt it every single time. Like, <laughs> like tomorrow, if you roll into a, a conference room and there's a ritual going on, you better believe you got to interrupt that thing, man. I mean, Indiana Jones, Temple did of Doom. I mean, did he interrupt that? He didn't. So, he actually got his... Oh, no. He, he sh well, if he didn't, he should have. He should have. Because we see a hard I'm going to go with the deep cut and say Malekith. There was a ritual where he could enter the Phoenix Temple and he wasn't supposed to interrupt it, and he did. Sure. I'm just saying, like, there, Every there hasn't, there's never been a ritual that someone didn't roll up on and immediately interrupt. Hmm. <laughs> look, 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 I'm going to say that's, that's a definite never. Carry on. Um, <laughs> yeah. What I, so, what uh, was, so I thought this was a really cool. I mean, so you you get to the ritual um i loved the fight up top i loved that the fate master was pushing wind around i loved that um Kala, Karis, Canis, Karis, uh the the veritant was mm -hmm. mashing them blow for blow um that they were fighting kind of just and everybody else was the, it was cool the that the witch um hunter um soul was talking about how as a witch hunter you often find yourself over uh outnumbered and so there's ways of fighting to that was a cool um, moment to make the the their numbers work against them. So mm -hmm. you know slashing you know uh, uh, tendons and and cutting you know little bits and just disabling so that they have to f that they fall down and they're tripping over each other. Each you know, way. yep, and they're they're punching each other instead of you know. So there's a very like uh, on one hand, I was thinking of like a little bit of drunken boxer yeah. uh, martial <laughs> drunken. arts, uh, yeah. but, not, but more like, you know, maybe a little more Tai Chi or something like that to where it's like, you know, people are stumbling over each other to try and get at you and you're just kind of evading and slipping and darting and stabbing and, you know, that sort of thing. So, uh, but yeah. that was a really cool and kind of character building minute. Well, and, and, and I, I think one of the things that I kind of skipped over that I think was really worth talking about is this airship. Right, so the airship is basically a full-on river galley, and opulent, etc. Having sails, it had green gas bags, as it were, mm -hmm. the collegiate arcane that were on it that allowed it to fly. And that was one of the cool things that was reminded of when you were talking about the 
the Fate Master, and he was swinging his... Or is that because he was messing with the wind, the ship couldn't get away, right? It kept rocking back and forth because the fighting on the deck of Ake himself was actually preventing the forward momentum mm-hmm. of the ship from really kind of getting to where it was. And there was also a cool moment where they're fighting above the city and they've got this whole vertigo thing going on in the green uh, sky. Um, it was a real cool moment when the sky cutter came in. So that was, it was cool. Yeah. So uh, we get, we get our two characters that we left on the docks came uh, flying in, in a, in a swift talk. Uh, sky cutter. Um, now they didn't mention the bird at all. I just say, was it being pulled? Well, so that's the thing is like they didn't. Uh, they did not. They didn't mention the bird at all. So I don't know if there's a new way that you can fly sky cutters without birds. Uh, but they just smashed that thing straight yeah. into the hole. They They're like it's a sky cutter. 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 So like it's a reinforced hull. It's just cutting into the side of the ship. Yeah. So that was a pretty cool moment of just battering ram. You know, if they'd been like three feet, like if they'd come up underneath it, Dunsies. Problem solved. Yeah, Dunsies. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so but they joined the fray. Um, and and what's what's interesting here is is this main battle between these two mm-hmm. big hulks, right? The the tanks um, really needed to end mm-hmm. because the only one who could take care of the ritual, who could stop the ritual. Is Karis. Karis because his yep. his powers, his staff, you know, his lantern, uh, him saying a prayer of some sort uh, was the only thing that was going to to fix that. Uh, also to mention at this time, the ritual's happening here, the ritual's still happening back in the hexwood. That that's the bridge that they're trying to build. Uh, and it's mm-hmm. and and at this point they've gotten far enough along that demons are pulling trying to pull themselves out of the wood uh are trying to you know escape are coming out they're they're creating causing their own trouble they're not too bad like in the warehouse they were a little more there's more of them on the ship there's not as many of them but they're still they're being annoying uh and and you know that that pink horde turning into blue horrors turning into um that was uh, a cool brimstones moment. was definitely was definitely uh, there a, a number of times. So. I like the idea yeah. of like people having to fight for their lives. And Eric, you think it's just annoying? Like, oh shucks, these dumb horrors popping out. Well, and that's the thing, though, is that they the the pink orders never posed that much of a threat mm-hmm. in their like single numbers. Like it was always like just one popped out. True. Was a, was a little annoying. Yeah. And then uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna see you fight. I'm gonna see you fight a pink horde. Oh, Oh no no! This is fantasy. <laughs> sure, these are these are talented, skilled fighters. Sure, true, and to true. them, the pink horror was annoying. Just a slight nuisance. Um. Well, and that was a that's kind of an interesting plot point. You talked to Eric about the fact that there were less horrors on the ship, and that was because Karis had planted his uh, his lantern yep. on the ship itself, so it's preventing the demons from actually manifesting. Uh, and then they're, he's fighting Ake and the because of the sky cutter coming in, it weakened the boat and then ache and Karis fall down into the ritual itself. Uh, and uh, they have this whole distraction and Rolo Tarn gets thrown into the fire, uh, basically taken out. Uh, and then uh, Karis is able to get the upper hand. He's into the flames himself as a, a way of escape. <clears throat> and then they yeah, get his was... lantern from the top. Well, that's so, crazy. He, yeah. He like, goes into the fire and like disappears. Whereas yep. Tarn goes through the fire and is burned and alive. Freaking consumed. Yeah. Uh, but the reason that he had the lantern there was because they had to preserve the boat. 
Karis to be able to disrupt the ritual because hmm. it wasn't enough to kill them, right? Like the ritual is enacted. Yeah. He needed to counteract the ritual itself. Yeah, they, I mean, so they'd that, gotten far enough along to where all the acolytes were like just burning. Yeah, like, exactly. They were, you know, there was nothing like, to stop anymore. Yeah, and that wasn't stopping it. Funniest, so he, he stayed, funniest line, though, was like, um, so Soul was like, uh, they, were, they were like, so they, Soul and uh, Kuna and um, Bryn had jumped in to help uh, Karis. And he was pretty miffed about that. And they knew he was going to be miffed about that. And they, they were like, you know what? We got to still got to do it. And <clears throat> they go, and and Soul says to, to Karis, he's like, you have to stop the ritual. Nobody else can do it. He's like, well, if we do this, this, and this, uh, you know, uh, then we can stop. And he's like, can you do it? He's like, if I couldn't, I would have suggested something else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a great line. He's like, yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah. there's some there's some humor in there uh, from him. It was pretty good. So, so basically, uh, Kara stands in the middle of a circle, plants his lantern, and just goes full on Gardas and becomes luminescent and just goes crazy. Uh, and then they have everybody else gets off the airship on these leaf boats that leaves that like float down drift ships drift ships yeah there you go um that was really cool this idea that there's these like the the lifeboats of these airships are these giant leaves that have been um kind of crafted in such a way that they'll hold the number of you know a few people and they just they just float that stuff back down to the earth that was amazing. That's just when in Rome? cool idea. When in Rome? When in Rome? Or I'm sorry, when in Gyron? Hammer hole. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that was a cool drop in. So, um, so, so the, the ritual is is done on the ship. Yep, Karis has planted his lantern, and this light starts going through these pathways. Uh, Pathway, yeah. super highway through Axwood into the realm of chaos. Lantern is sending these ears light through the well, pathways. Be before we un before we know that though, we go back to the hexwood. Mm -hmm. Gardas and Serena and the others are pushing in. Mm -hmm. They manage to just like destroy this am another ambush waiting for them, yep. just by toppling these these you know uh, boulders. That was, and, and yeah, there was a cool moment. They're in a ravine and they just start smashing the walls of the ravine and basically yeah. like, oh, this was a ravine. Now it's a veil. Um, but they break in and they find this uh, flux cairn. They find this ritual going on. They're like, okay, we've got to stop this. Um, they're battling, battling, battling. Selena gets too close to the the flux cairn and starts here. Like I th now earlier on when Zangir was near the flux cairn, it would almost like he'd want to just drift away into kind of the, the consciousness of it, right? Um, yep. So she gets into it. And she's he, she's seeing all the stuff, she's seeing all the weirdness, but she's also then hearing the voices of the soul pods deep yeah. inside. She, it's calling to her to rescue them. They beat down a few more things. They kill the kind of uh, a few more beasts and and whatnot that stumble in and try and, and get at it. Um, and uh, is there anyway? But and then. Uh, um, I can't remember if she's attacked by another shaman. Yes, she is. There's three shamans. So there's there's the shaman that was in the first battle, and then there's this third shaman 
he's kind of more of like just basically an, an enlightened, I think. Uh, but he does is mentioned as having uh, some kind of spear defense, as it were, right? Yeah. Um, and he but she mounts this but she, Yeah, and so I mean, it's it's not much. I mean, it's they basically take out everybody else that's left um, and kind of mm -hmm. stamp, you know. And and at that moment, the soul pods burst into the air, and mm -hmm. they start like pew pew pew. Um, shooting, kind of healing all the woods around uh, that 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 flux cairn. Well, I'm sorry, they, you glitched out. What do they do? They pew pew pew. Oh, sure, okay, gotcha. Uh, <laughs> but then, from because this is done now, all of the Sylvaneth that have been like sitting on the outskirts, just waiting, just waiting, waiting the whole time. They just come in and they um they pounce. They they take out that enlightened that you were talking about. They they get in the fray. Finally, they're not happy. I lied. They're not no. happy. No, but but, but vengeance is theirs, sort of, <laughs> and only theirs. <laughs> so, um, and and so both ends of the the ritual have been um, kiboshed. Mm -hmm. uh, we've got uh, a completion of the circuit uh, of yeah. the zero light, uh, and uh, or breaking of the circuit, as you would, um, and. We are left with ache. So there is actually one cool, there's two cool moments here. So the three soul pods, mm -hmm. right? Okay. They're not like, oh, these are all potential. One of them is like specifically like fungal. One of them is specifically, you know, like more about actual leaves, etc. Like they're actually three different, even though they're immensely like, is there three specific identities, which I thought was kind of a cool idea. Um, but the other thing is that Serena <clears throat> comes out and right before we get to the whole ache moment, she comes out and one of the treekin, as, as he mentions them, comes out and touches her chest plate and her armor. So instead of being marks of Sigmar, she starts to get runes of Alariel on it, which is a real interesting and very you know yep. <clears throat> and she ends up talking to Gardas and Gardas is like yep he repeats this whole thing of like everybody needs to be able to fight because otherwise all the realms will be lost right uh, so it's this real interesting note where she saves the soul pods and she becomes a stormcast that now is branded with Alariel's yep which uh, is which is a very very cool moment. I mean, back to that tension between um, you know Sigmar and Alariel, their mm -hmm. servants are definitely finding their ties. You know, yep. we've got um, Lord Grim, Lord Castellant Grim, who now has a re remade hand from Garand Magic, um, and yep. now we've got um, which I, you Serena know I'm surprised Sol. that he's not not around more. Because I I feel like through the Realmgate Wars, Gardas he Gardas kind of took a backseat to to Grim. Uh, Grim really mm -hmm. kind of took the ball over the finish line. Sure. Um, but then yeah, Serena has now been um, you know life touched. Um, yeah. Which is yeah, which is just a cool, cool connection in way of saying hey, they're tied together. Sure. I'm um, the, hallowed, the hallowed knights are definitely in with the Sylvaneth. Well, and there was a, there was also a cool moment because she lost her helmet, so she's fighting like without a helmet, sword. So she ends up getting the sword from Gardas. So like, 
awesome two-handed sword and no shield. So like even as her position, she's fighting as something completely different. So, you know, if you were to make a miniature of that specific moment, she would be And I'm sure you have. Um I I'm I have an extra anger at, so I really want to. So I was looking at it being like, oh, how exactly would I do this? So I, I think, cool uh, yeah, I think she'd be cool as a night questor with that new uh you know celestine sword and uh and a new cool new shield or something yeah it, it's got, got a real interesting uh dynamic to the way that it looks now because i was when i was reading it it's like oh it's a liberator so it's angrad but instead of a hammer she has a uh you know a sword well i mean you gotta be careful that, that i mean you gotta be careful that just because she's a girl doesn't mean she's ingrid you know like uh or, a liberator. oh no ingrid you're right from the i was thinking um Nave, I thought you were talking about Nave, but no, you're right. Ingrid yeah. is a liberator. So Ingrid is a liberator, but she's got a hammer, and if you give her a shield instead, it's like okay. But then yep. if you if she gets this other cool sword, right? Like there's yep. an actual conversion opportunity there, which seems my, like it'd be, my, it'd be really Ingrid, cool. My Ingrid has a sword. Nice. So she could be Selena. What? Serena. Already converted her. Where's Already the picture? Done. I'm disappointed in you now. Uh, it's on Twitter. I posted it yesterday. Games <laughs> that match. Um, but yeah, so uh, but yeah, that was definitely cool. Let me get cool aspect, eight. kind of that connection. Uh, and then yeah, mm-hmm. Ake, kind of he pops out of the fire into a different warehouse inside a hammer hall. Uh huh. And he's kind of yep, like on the riverbank. Well, that's that. I probably would have. Sh- I mean, there was a slim chance I made it out of that fire. But hey, look, the Zinch isn't done with me yet. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, his kind of acolytes are there they take him to tarn and tarn is just a melted mess of metal and flesh um and he's you know you know he's sad that things didn't happen but one of the things they always they talked about over and over is that zinch even plans for failure yeah Uh, um so like they're all along even from the beginning they're like well i might not succeed yeah they don't there's not like a succeeding is their only path to corruption you know yep um and they come in and have a visit they have a um talk yeah the ache has been with him by his side for a long time and you know sorry that this didn't work out um and and um he died tarn dies and Mm -hmm. ache is kind of like all right uh you know there's this thing about i'm sorry you have to carry (laughs) on alone Ake takes his. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Come on, (laughs) give give me some space. (laughs) The so he's he's uh so, but I mean, there's this thing where he's talking to him about hey, you have to carry on alone. Sorry about that, Coven brother. And he's like, and then he so Tarn dies, and I mean he like he literally his eyes close and he's dead. But then um. Uh, Ake is able to take his sword and pull his essence out of his body and put it into himself. And he's kind of like, I'm never really alone. Yeah. Uh, and he well, just, it seems well. that what we reveal is that he, he's part of this thing is like, even in a failure now, like Tarn has probably grown stronger through that whole scheme, trying to reach this thing. And now that power, even though it didn't, that scheme didn't work. One, mm-hmm. Tarn is now stronger, or sorry, Ake is now stronger mm-hmm. because he's taken the essence of this really strong um, uh, shaman. Uh, and two, um, all of those kind of acolytes that were a part of the scheme have broken off into factions, 
and they're going to start their own little schemes and out of that are going to grow more schemes and so no hammer is just going to be flush with even more schemes from schemes from zinch and so like they're even better off than they were before it's, i mean it's like win 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 all zinch yeah. does is win well no matter what it was really interesting is that um not only did he get Tarn, but he got Zengir because they had split their souls. Oh, right, right, because right, they're connected. Magisters. Yep. Two and the, what was really interesting is that Ake had talked about this fact that he had, he was the 900th master of this sword and 9,000 9, whatever lives, etc. And it, I think it very much is set to reveal that like it's the same person from the beginning to the end. If a plot fails, Ake is there to take the soul of the person who failed. This internal long life, because he keeps taking everybody's essence when they fail, because he's the one that survives. So what you're saying is Zinch, a real cool Zinch is the, is the only one who can take two wrongs and turn it into a right. <laughs> That's right. But yeah, I mean, and so that's that's where they that's where we end we've so the we've got the the three heroes that are f- floating away or the three heroes in the city um soul and Bryn and uh, kuna are floating away on a leaf as they watch their friend uh, Callus burst into azir light we've got uh selena getting touched by the sylvaneth and becoming part of them and gardas recognizing her in what she brought to the you know brings to the stormcast and i think you made the comment paul um at one point as we were leading up to this recording just about like changing positions maybe Mm -hmm. you know will she be stay as a liberator um and then we've got ache who's taken in the aftermath of this and comes out stronger uh he mentions too that uh that callus is the strongest uh stormcast he's ever faced to this point and a passable swordsman. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's all right. Uh, but uh, uh, yeah, I mean, so um, you know, we've we've got. I, I feel like this book established some really good characters that I'd love sure. to see again. Yeah, for sure. Well, and they've. So we have. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, all you. So, do we have an MVP in this book? Uh, I'm happy you asked. Uh, the the stormcast was probably my favorite like um Karis Karis yeah oh no Karis uh just a both in terms of like effectiveness and ne- necessity towards like saving the the city but just his uh I don't know if it's a dry sense of humor or, or you know his his stormcast aloofness was what drew me to him uh, most which is kind of a shame because this is an opportunity to see a bunch of different um types of characters or different different roles and yet i'm still drawn to the stormcast for whatever reason um but uh for my money karis is where it's at i want to see i want to see more karis in the future how would you paul uh i really liked kuva i really liked uh soul as well uh but my favorite is probably going to be ache very oh cool enigmatic enigmatic character like the possibility of what his character brings to the table. Oh. I've had, for a yeah, long I'm finding time, myself more attracted to that. For a long time, I've or since the Zinch release, I wanted to take Ariman out of the 40k universe 
and turn him into <laughs> a fate master for Age of Sigmar. Uh, it would be really cool to try and, and model him with a sword, the you know, that sword and whatnot. But uh, yeah, he was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I really liked I really liked uh, Kallus as well because I love the the Lord Veritans and the in the and the warrior priests. I love that whole like scheme. Um, but because I'm in the midst of um, the Age of Mirth arc with um, over uh, <laughs> uh, brother Overconfidus, <laughs> uh, you know this idea of a liberator who might become more. Um, I, I thought Selena just had a cool role. Um, you know, seeing seeing inside the ranks of the Stormcast from a particular viewpoint, vantage point, seeing Gardas as kind of that that rock star, um, you know, sell, uh, you know, Stormcast, and what it's like to kind of just answer the call and be kind of in between the the mortals and the demigods, I guess, as it were, with you know, Gardas being a demigod, um, and you know, just kind of where she, she seems like she could have an interesting path as well. Like she's just at the start of what she could become. So mm -hmm. that's cool. Well, and I feel like at least from the, from a storm cast perspective, she's like, this is building off what you're saying. The closest that we've come as an audience to sort of be an outside, not she's, she's not an outsider, but like, it's hard to put yourself in Gardas's shoes or, you know, grim shoes or something like that. Mm -hmm. So it, it she, even though is a stormcast still can sort of be the stand in for us as the audience um, to like look at those people sort of above her. Yeah. We've not, yeah, we've not had the foot soldier POV of stormcast in order to get the, Hey, I, I know again. Yeah. I, I know more of what's going on than the mortals do, but there's still things that are above my pay grade and I'm sure. still, I'm still getting glimpses of those and trying to figure out how that works. Well, and there's plenty of opportunities. Or was, examples of her being like uncertain, which I don't know that I've seen many Stormcast have that uh, opinion or perspective. Mm -hmm. Like to, just the, the the lack of, and I can't think of another word of certain certainty. But um, it's it's good to to have that to to see that they're not necessarily not that she did anything wrong, but they're still not infallible or they're not all knowing. Like there are some in their ranks what? that are following orders. Go ahead, Paul. She did make some mistakes, right? Like when her friend was like, I'm going to go forward. She's like, I'm going to go forward too. Prime was like, yeah, no, we don't, we're not doing that, right? Like she did make mistakes. They weren't big mistakes. They weren't earth-shattering mm -hmm. mistakes, right? But like there were orders are not following what she knew to be too true. Um, the other real interesting thing about her character is that we've, met, we've had a first-person perspective of or like, I have these memories. These memories kind of define who I am. But he's kind of had that. And Gardas has kind of moved beyond that. So with Serena, it's like, yeah, I have these memories. Actually are. Like, we don't know who she is anymore. She's she's finished the arc of the story. We have no idea who she was. Right? She hears Alariel's story. Does that mean that she once was from Veridian? A Veridian? Or does that mean something else? We just don't know. Perspective is that she's met her like momentous moment. Don't know who it was that she was and why she was chosen to be there. Yeah. One other really hilarious to me it was hilarious of Callus when they're fighting in the warehouse, and mm -hmm. he's the only stormcast. He's the only hallowed knight. Yet he's he's saying these statements that end with only the faithful. <laughs> And nobody's <laughs> It's like he 
He's like, so like you've got a human and like alpha dwarf. He's like, he's like, who shall be victorious in the face of darkness? Only the faithful. <laughs> you got to imagine everyone else is just kind of like, mm. come on, guy. Yeah. It's a little, it's a little socially awkward when you don't have three hundred of you doing this. <laughs> <laughs> but it was also fun to see, like, okay, what, like, uh, what's the sound of one hallowed night clapping in the darkness? Uh, <laughs> 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 like, rah, rah. Um, but uh, you know, just it, it was cool to see. To me, it was just a funny moment of him like carrying on this tradition, but like it's it's so ingrained in them that that even if they're by themselves, they're relying mm-hmm. on these mantras. Uh, to kind of bolster them, uh, but it's also it was also just kind of that character. Those uh, just added to some of those funny, awkward moments, or like was that a joke kind of moments? Yeah. You know, no, no, um, that's why I liked him so yeah. much. Yeah. Um, Any other so, thoughts? Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna answer it myself to give you two time to think about it. But uh, my question is, did you have a favorite moment? The book was actually the second battle with the Zangors where they're fighting the actual trees themselves and they have formed the shield wall and Serena's they're fighting and Gardas shows up with three retributors and they form this wedge and go, you know, charging into the trees and they have this only the faithful. It was just, it was a real cool moment that really, to me, the writing really portrayed what it would feel like to be there and to have this like person just go up and, start just smashing face and invigorating the battle line. It, it was, I thought it was really, really well done. Yeah, that's it wasn't a necessarily one. a pivotal moment, but I, I really like that one a lot. So Eric, what, what would be your favorite moment? I think it was, uh, I'm probably going to take this from Aaron. I apologize. Uh, callous and ache on the, on the deck of the ship. Yeah, I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> um, I mean, it was, it was just a cool moment. I mean, he, he slams his, his feral down. Yeah. Feral down, I, yeah. Better believe there's some ferals. <laughs> there's some ferals in a Josh Reynolds novel. Slams it down and it stays in place. Just stands there. Uh, while he, you know, he and Ake circle each other and, and they fight. He kind of feels like he has the room to, and, and ability to do what he needs to do. Um, they're both kind of, yeah, just these mountains and trading blow for blow. And it's, so it's just cool seeing, you know, these two giant characters in the middle with a bunch of other stuff, you know, kind of on the periphery and, and Tarn getting shot and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, and crew members falling all over each other because, uh, because soul, uh, gauge is, is awesome. Awesome. Doing awesome. Um, I just, I just counted. I, I, the word ferals in the book, at least, uh, Oh, or maybe I'm searching the whole, the whole hammer hall book. Uh, at least I'm seeing it in there 12 <laughs> times, but maybe it might be from all the different stories though too. It's tough to say. I mean, if you counted all of Josh Reynolds' books, <laughs> there's an infinity of ferals and a whole bunch of ferals. Um, God, I think I didn't even think of another answer. I was busy searching up ferals. So I don't think <laughs> you know, uh, my solution. Um, I liked uh, Sigmar and Alario getting into a fight. I liked when the Sylvanes, were, the, the leash, sort of came off the Sylvanes a little bit, so they were able to like get into. You can sort of. It was just sort of palpable them waiting on the sidelines, like they were so. Yeah. I don't know. Tentative. And, or, to be clear, I don't know if we mentioned this either. The Sylvaneth didn't get involved before because those souls pods were held hostage. So valuable. The, the yeah. threat was that they would that the the Zinch would just kill them, kill the soul pods if the Sylvaneth interfered, and that was just not not You know, 
it's not something that they could do. Too 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 high a price for to yeah, take. Yeah. Yeah. We all did a great job with that summary of mentioning something in the first chapter after we talked about the entirety of the book. Yeah, well, I, right. I was probably going to skip over the Sigmar stuff if somebody wanted to jump in and brought it up. So that was. I, don't know, I always like that where they give us the character of the gods. I just do. Oh, yeah, it was great. Well, actually, and that, that was also towards the end of that chapter where Alero was like, hey, Sigmar, I don't need your help. And he's like, all right, fine, fine, fine. And he's like boogieing back out of there. And he's like, well, no, I'm still going to do something about it. Like, <laughs> sorry, right. Can we just say there was a huge moment of mansplaining, right? Right? Like, she's yeah. like, no. And Sigmar's like, no, well, I'm, I'm going to do it. Well, maybe. Like, I, I could do it. Yeah. Uh, so there, there is that. I mean, the rest of the book was great too, but a lot of the humanizing of the gods was was uh, a fun, fun bit. Um, All right. So, what did we learn about the mortal realms that we didn't know before? That apparently Sigmar can fly around and be like invisible, but like be places. Like I don't know that I've seen that before, or if not, I haven't. I, haven't I feel like that was the essence. It. Yeah. Ending right, like Alariel was doing. I, I kind of got that feeling from it. Mm -hmm go like oh i'm gonna just shoot around and do things and at the end he didn't he didn't die and turn into the force no um, he didn't he also wasn't meditating on a rock in the middle of space island either but you know um i mean i think i mean i think the the biggest thing out of this is that is how zinch is how zinch spreads how it starts right with mm -hmm. A betrayal or with you know industriousness and cleverness and people and humans uh, hubris um and how zinch can gain those footholds and how that can influence i mean you talked about remember how the collegiate arcana arcane had built those gas balloons for him like that's not mm -hmm. something you just go and knock on their door probably and say hey can you build me like that was something that was probably like you know like a grant to uh, a business to build a new water park in the or a new you know um whatever you know like he was a he was a had keys to the city probably kind of thing right mm -hmm. like he was connected and that was because of zinch attaching himself to him early on and building him up and helping him rise to that importance and then even when that big scheme that would have just destroyed hammerhall like he about like he had the scheme and he had the power to almost just undo all the largest city that that Sigmar had put down, and mm -hmm. certainly a small band. A, it, it didn't take much to undo. Here's another thing: is that when you rely on rituals, a lot can mm -hmm. go wrong. Sure. Like it doesn't take much to topple that stuff, right? Um, so it, <laughs> a, a small war band can can take out a, a big ritual, um, but then when it doesn't go right, there's still it's still infected. Like the city is still, um, you know, mm. it's got, it's got, it's tainted. It's got sure. chaos is, is even deeper in its, you know, roots. Yeah. Even with all so, the wards, even with the lava gate, right? Like you can't stop everything. Yeah. It's they're in there now, you know? So that's, I mean, I think that's the lesson for me is, is just, this is a really in-depth look at how Zinch operates in this new, um, state of the realms with these with these cities so. and you know it was maybe and not to compare books but it was maybe even more instructive than city of secrets was which i think ostensibly was on its cover supposed to be more about like that sort of zines infection i mean it was there too but uh 
just give you a more clear look behind the scenes. I mean, granted, it's because we have the point of views probably from their perspective, but um, it maybe did a better job of that. Not just in, whether or not it's a better book, I don't know. But um, well, I mean, I, I think it, it's it's they go really well together. Yeah, well, they you do. Get, they complement a lot of internal politics, and then you see, you know, this book's about somebody's kind of got that space outside inside the city. Um, mm -hmm. You know, they they they're just. And that's that's Zinch right there, you know. Sure, mm -hmm. they, they, like you said, they go well together. If you were going to read one, I would recommend you read the other to get a, a real complete yep. picture of how Zinch operates in the cities and the moral realms. So I'd have uh, two quick things we know about the moral realms. Number one is that Stormcast are not silent when they walk. There was a real fun moment where Karis is walking on the Ethodox, and it's like Stormcast are many things, but not mystically silent when they're walking in full armor. That's true. I thought it was a real cool uh, line. Uh, but the other thing that I thought was really interesting uh, was the demonic possession of the trees. So it 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 was a. Uh, I don't know if it was a able to happen because they were Sylvaneth groves, right? So they have this special connection. They were talking a little bit about how the Sylvaneth part of the tree was warring with the Zinch possession. Uh, but it was interesting because it was a different implementation of possession than we've had before because dwarves have always had runes on their hammers and they've always been able to make you know blessed swords and you know like toll himself uses a blessed how our blessed rapier but it was the idea of being able to take on take control of something that's alive but it's not necessarily sentient right it is demon possession in a completely different way and I thought that was a, like it. It didn't sit. It didn't sit with me and being like, "Oh, that's just completely ridiculous." It was like, "That's actually a really interesting way of using something that's established in the universe and just twisting it slightly, and it still makes sense and it's still completely reasonable." But I just never would have thought of using it in that way. Sure. Yeah. Right. All right. I think that uh, wraps up quite a bit of what we I learned think here. You got anything else? Anything nope, else? Nothing else? No, nothing. Okay, good. So, final. Do we do we need a final rating? Um, last time we did, uh, we each picked kind of our own rating system and gave it something. Any critiques or shortcomings? In terms of shortcomings, it was maybe just for me, just the 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 length, and that I wanted more. Um, I, and this is just a personal thing. I I, I do like the and it. It alluded to it, but I do like sort of the bigger picture continuity, the books, the the, the Spear of Shadows, the, the Realm Gate Wars. And so it, it's not this book's fault that it isn't that. Um, but let me, I, I will like this book better if I, if I get to see more of these characters later in the future. It'll improve my experience reading this one if I know I can I can see them eventually. But that's just, that's not a critique on how it was written or anything like that. I enjoyed it quite a bit. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to give it a rating right now. What? Give, give it one of these. A thumbs up. A thumbs up. Nice. Aaron approved. Nice. How about you, Paul? Any critiques? Uh, I really enjoyed it. The only thing I, I I got a little lost in the explanation of exactly how the ritual is interrupted and how the pathway was derailed, and so especially when follow, Serena goes in. Yeah, you're not meant to understand. Like, it, it wasn't <laughs> like like oh my goodness, it ruined the story for me or anything like that. But it was just kind of like. I don't understand exactly what's going on. It was a little bit like the Webway and 40K to me. Um, but it was it was walking in. It was getting this thing. It was on this pathway. 
it just I, I had a hard time visualizing it exactly what was going on hmm. and that detracted a little bit from the ending for me so like, I, won- I, I, I I wondered if they weren't trying to corrupt like realm roots or something like that but that magic yeah and i definitely got that feeling because they talked about how it was like this wooden pathway or tree pathway they talked Mm -hmm. about he talked about that so i think that was what they were trying to attempt to Mm -hmm. and i I think he did a good job it just for me it just it was a hard thing i didn't i don't know what what how did did they blow it up like Um, i mean you didn't go through and the light coming in and like bursting the zangors they're going through right and light hitting her and not touching her or something i don't know so i mean the so if you got two ends of it you got the end in the forest you got the end on the ship um, yeah with with callus sacrificing himself because he's saying yeah. the prayer he's getting beaten up by uh then the the pink horrors aren't so annoying they're actually yeah. murderizing him um and through his death and his prayer and his staff yeah. he's he's basically blowing up that end of the ritual yep and it's careening back towards the hex woods. Yep. And it blows up that end. Yeah. And then why doesn't it continue on to the realm of Zinch? I, th- I mean, I think that it may, but I don't think that that's going to be a big enough blast to do anything to the realm of Zinch. Right. So it's, yeah, it's big enough like, to close that, that gate. Yeah. It's not that I don't understand it. It was just, it, it just, because it was a little bit out of like where, I understood it to be like it, it wasn't very clear and it was the last thing for the part of the story it was just a little a little jarring for me sure um so like i really enjoyed it uh i'd, I'd give it seven of eight spider legs oh seven, nice seven nice. of eight had to get spiders um, in there because there weren't any sure that's true i needed um, more spiders and there, there were no spiders right yeah. like so I yeah I mean I don't I don't know that I had any critiques um, again yeah I, I want to read more but I didn't need it to be longer uh, I hope that we get to hear more about uh, any of any one or multiple of these characters be cool I think if um, Serena and Soul had always had connected storylines oh sure because of their names um, I would give it uh, five out of five of Flux Cairns sure. <laughs> I mean, that's too many. Like five out of five. Many. Just generally, if you had nine five, flux currents, if you had fl- five flux currents, that would. I mean, that'd be troublesome. How many soul pods are in those flux currents? How would I give it five out of five soul pods? Okay. See that. Okay. That's, that, now that's not, enough, that? that's not enough soul pods. Gotta <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know how to please you guys. Um, uh, no one ever does. So I'm not gonna try any longer. Yeah. We're gonna shut this boy down. Close it out. <laughs> It is time for our reforging. Like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Comment below. Leave a review for us on iTunes if you're listening. And follow us on Twitter. Um, Aaron, where can we find you? You can hit me up at at A-Bowler. A-B-O-H-L-E-R. Paul? At PJ Shard. And you can find me, Eric, at StoneMonkeyGamer on Twitter. Thanks again. Um, We'll see you next time. Thank you.